Help would arrive until after the general election. There are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built according to figures obtained by the BBC. And more than half of those homes have had planning permission for more than two years, raising fears about so-called land banking. More from Carol Abercrombie. The figures include central Bedfordshire, which has more than 7,000 homes with planning permission which haven't been built. In Watford, there are more than 1,400. In North Hart, 750. And in St Albans, 650. Critics say developers aren't building new homes quickly enough and that's contributing to the housing crisis. One man and two dogs were rescued by firefighters after a kitchen fire in Hemel Hempstead yesterday evening. Crews were called to Highfield Lane just before 5.30. Officials in China have announced they're searching the western part of the country for the missing Malaysia Airlines jet which disappeared 11 days ago with nearly 240 people on board. Beijing also says that checks on the backgrounds of all 154 Chinese passengers have revealed no links to terrorism. A woman was treated for the effects of breathing in smoke after a fire in a fourth floor flat in Buckinghamshire last night. Firefighters were called to Chilton Heights in White Lion Road in Little Chalfont just after 8 o'clock. The Rolling Stones will announce today if they will go ahead with their tour of Australia and New Zealand after the apparent suicide of Sir Mick Jagger's long-term girlfriend, Lorenz Scott, in New York. The concerts are due to begin in Perth tomorrow. In sport, Luton have lost their first league game for six months. Shot from Murtaugh, hits the bar and then put it to the back of the net. Wokingham scored. It was a fantastic shot from Murtaugh. Giuseppe Sole has put the ball into the back of the net. With three and a half minutes remaining, it's Luton nil. Woking one. That goal ended the Hatters' unbeaten run of 27 conference games, but John Still's side are still 14 points clear. The weather, a chance of light rain and drizzle this morning, but brighter this afternoon, feeling cooler, maximum temperature 12 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's, it's always been a lovely town. Inviting everyone to where you live. It's a welcoming town. I don't. I think if you moved here and didn't know anybody, you would settle in quite quickly. All this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell. A lot of my family live here, so sometimes we go out with them in the pubs or to the restaurants and things. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I just, you know, I just, there's a lot of stuff in the show today, Catherine, isn't there? Yeah, loads. There's a lot of stuff. And I don't know if, I, if I've got, if I could do it justice by summing it up I just thought in a menu format. Because your brain's a little bit in America. Oh, yeah. And um, we should give it a rest and I'll just give you loads of stuff to say that you'd have to think about. Like reading and stuff. Yeah, reading yeah, and stuff. Yeah, we could do. We could do. I'd, I'd quite like to know what's coming up. Would you? Yes. Ask Kath. I know what I'm doing. Okay. Ask, ask Catherine. Kath, what's coming up in the show? Today? I'm glad you asked that. A worried mum's accusing Bedford Hospital of keeping her in the dark about her baby daughter's condition. Uh, we'll be speaking to Kirsty Abraham. She says none of the consultants there have been able to tell her what's making her seven-week-old so ill, and she can't understand why she's being made to wait a month for a scan to determine what's wrong. Her mother's instincts kicking in, but the hospital's telling her that the, it's just following procedure. What would you do? Oh. oh. And we're also going to be asking why planning permission has been given for thousands of new homes across beds, hearts and books, but no one's building them. Aren't we always hearing there's a housing shortage? So crack on. And as Watford considers banning chuggers working outside one particular parade of shops, 
I'm just wondering where the charities are too cheeky. <laughs> you, and you are literally just wondering I'm that. Just wondering that. I'm just wondering it. If they're not chasing you on your lunch break, they're knocking at your front door. It's giving good causes a bad name. I hate charity. I love no, charity, hang on a but minute, I yes. hate being pursued. I tell you what I hate. I hate the, 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 the thing with chuggers, never make eye contact with them, never shake their hands. If you shake their hands, they won't let go. Never fall for the cheeky bants. They never just say, excuse me. They say, hey, gentleman there with a fantastic shirt. Hey, lovely girl with a great smile. How they, are you today? They say to me, hey, man, who, hey, Mr. TV man. And I say, I'm sorry, I don't like... Um, you. Did, I don't you like... Say, oh, I'm poor now, I- I'm not on TV. No, I say I don't don't like um, endangered animals. I don't like um, children that need... I I tell them I don't like what it is they're they're banging on about. Even if it is children that need. If it's children that need, I I particularly don't like them anyway, so that's that sorted. I tell them I'm not old enough. I'm like, sorry, I'm just... I'm not over... I'm I'm not over it, sorry. You're nearly 30. I'm not nearly... And also, the letters through the... And the phone calls. The phone calls. Would you like to... No, go away. Why... And hang on a second. How are you paying for this phone call? And how are you being paid to be the person to phone me up? If they got rid of you and the phone calls, they'd be saving a fortune. I stopped giving to a charity I've been supporting with £2 a month, which I know is not massive, but it's a commitment for about 10 years. Yeah, so that's almost £45 you've given them over the 10 years. Well... £2 a month. Because I bought some charity Christmas cards from them one year from their website. And from then on, they kept ringing me up but they didn't just ring me up they gave me a whole spiel and you know they're doing it let me tell you about martin and then give you who's martin oh he's got a horrible life but 10 minutes later they said so would you be able to give us about two pounds a month i went well i'm thankfully um i've been doing that and i'm glad my donation means so much to you that you're still asking me for it stop ringing if you ring me again i'm going to stop giving you money and i had to stop because i stopped wouldn't stop ringing there's a charity where you can give money to a bloke called martin Martins are us. What is wrong with Martin? Martin's got an awful life. Oh, blimey.
Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555. Now, a local mother is criticising Bedford Hospital, claiming they kept her baby daughter waiting for a month for a scan, despite having a suspected hole in the heart. Well, you're a young baby like that, of course you'd want things to move as quickly as possible. Catherine Boyle has been looking into this and joins me in the studio. Catherine, how did this story come to light? Well, we've been contacted by Kirsty Abrahams from Lower Stondon in Bedfordshire, and her recent experience has made her lose faith in Bedford Hospital. Um, She tells us her baby daughter, Isabel, has been unwell since she was born barely two months ago, and no-one seems to be sure why. Kirsty claims the baby's been seen by ten different consultants at Bedford Hospital, and they all have different opinions on Isabel's condition. She's understandably worried about her daughter and is tired of being passed from one expert to the next, only to have them scratching their heads. So what does Kirsty want to happen? Well, she wants a scan to find out exactly what's wrong with her. She's only seven weeks old, and uh, Kirsty says she's been waiting for around a month for this scan that could end a lot of the mystery about why um, Isabel's so poorly. Kirsty claims that the registrar at Bedford Hospital diagnosed Isabel with a heart murmur when she was three weeks old. Kirsty says that this was only diagnosed after she pestered doctors to check her daughter's health because she was sure that Isabel was having trouble breathing. Mm. Kirsty says that the registrar then said that Isabel would need a scan to find out the extent of the problem with her heart, but that was about a month ago. And Kirsty just says she's been worried sick ever since. And the baby has a suspected bowel obstruction as well. Well, that's what Kirsty tells us. She says that the baby screams in pain every time she has a bowel movement and oh. the hospital has given the baby laxatives uh, and it is helping a little bit. They're only really a short-term yeah. sticking plaster and she's concerned about what's causing the problem. She wants it identified and addressed. Now, is this uh, just a case of, of a paranoid first-time mum? No. Well. This is her third child, and she says she knows that child better than anyone. She feels the hospital should be doing more to identify Isabel's problems. She says she doesn't think it's acceptable to wait a month for a scan, when that seems to be the only thing that will tell her what what Isabel's problems are, how big this suspected hole is in her daughter's heart, and what's going on with the obstruction in the bowel area. And Bedford Hospital, what, what, what do they say about this? We contacted them yesterday. We invited them to come on and talk to us about this. Um, yep. They've declined that, but they've sent us a statement through. They told us that baby Isabel had been seen by three consultants, which is a figure that's markedly different from the ten that Kirsty's told us about. Um, they also say that um, the baby was seen by a dietitian, and those people found that the baby didn't require urgent medical or surgical intervention, and she was well enough to be discharged from hospital on Friday the 14th of March, so Friday just gone. We've also been given a quote from Dr Rishi Aurora who's a consultant paediatrician um, at Bedford and it goes like this I appreciate that this must be a very anxious time for Ms Abrahams and her husband but I'd like to assure them that we're providing all the necessary care and treatment that she needs at this time including referrals to specialist units. Ms Abrahams and her husband have been given open access to Riverbank Unit where they can speak to a clinician directly they can also continue to contact our PALS team if they'd like to discuss Isabel's care further. It's a tough one isn't it because if you've got a little baby then of course You'll, you'll push and you'll push to get whatever you think you you feel is necessary. But if the doctors are saying that it's not necessary to have a scan, it's an awkward position, isn't it? To Very be frustrating. And when yeah. you mentioned about, oh, is this a first-time mum, I've been that first-time mum who's yeah. been really worried and seen the glazed expression when you walk through the door with your first baby and this sort of uh, there can be an assumption that you're fussing unnecessarily. But when that mother's instinct kicked in, we're always being told that we must listen to it. Yeah. 
Catherine, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. That's the first time as well I've heard uh, um, uh, a statement from a hospital introduced as, here's a statement which goes like this. I was going to say something like this, but I thought it sounded, <laughs> well, we've got to be precise. Yes, exactly. Thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. If you've been in a similar situation, uh, have you had to, to push the hospital to get the, the, the treatment or the tests that you thought uh, were necessary? It can be tough sometimes, can't it, when you, you think that there is something that needs to be done and the hospital go, no, 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 no. No, no. There's a story in the papers today, isn't there, of a 19-year-old girl who uh, wanted a smear test and they uh, said, oh, no, you're too young to have that. And then she and then she died. So sometimes you do have to kick up a little bit of a stink. 08459 455 555, if you want to give me a call on that. And as always... Uh, when we're doing this kind of uh, kind of show, you can call in about anything you want. I'll warn you, I'm tired. I'm, I'm very tired. I've been in America the last few days, and I could not. I didn't adjust to American time, so I was up at half past four every morning in an American hotel in the middle of nowhere. Man, that was tough. So I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit tired today. Is what I'm trying to say. So I could do with your help. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Let's get the travel now with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Starting on the speed sensors going between Hartford and Hatfield. Lower Hatfield Road looking slow as you head towards Hartford around Pollard Wood. Also in Hatfield itself approaching the A1M. Wellfield Road looking heavy on the speed sensors. At the Denham roundabout, the A40 already slow at the moment, approaching the roundabout. Major routes running well at the moment, though. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 6.15, it's Tuesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. There are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built, according to figures obtained by the BBC. And in sport, it's getting closer and closer to that moment when Simon Oxley slips £5 in my pocket as Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. Bring it on! BBC's Three Counties Radio. Every weekday morning. The shop didn't want to give me them back, so I went to the shop, paid them a fee to get my cylinders back. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. I went to speak to this company and I asked them what had happened. It took me absolutely ages to get through to anyone. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. After I left discussion about my cylinders, the, the governing body showed up at my house on the following day. And we could do the same for you. Thanks, Denise. And for the company for getting her cooker back up and running, here's your horn. The JVS Show, weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm going to blow the lot tomorrow on all my family. We'll catch the coast at eight. So don't be late. We're off to the sea. Hurry up, will you, Grandad? Come on, we're going down to Margate. And don't forget your buckets and spades, cozies and all. Down to Margate. We'll have a pill of jelly deals at the cockle store. Down to Margate. We'll go to the pier. And we'll have a beer 
the side of the sea. You can keep the cost of Brava. I'm telling you, mate, I'd rather have a day down Margate with all my family.
you won't stop talking. Why don't you give it a rest? Got more rabbit than Sainsbury's. It's time you got it off your chest. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, there are thousands of new homes across beds, hearts and bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. That's according to figures obtained by the BBC. And more than half of those homes have had planning permission for more than two years, raising fears about so-called land banking. Well, in central Bedfordshire, more than 7,000 homes have permission but haven't been built. Well, later on in the programme, we'll be speaking to Councillor Nigel Young from that council, but now we can talk to Claire Asprey from the National Housing Federation. Morning, Claire. What Land banking, what is it? Well, uh, certainly there are different ways of land banking. Some organisations build up a land supply ahead of getting planning permission. Um, And obviously there are times when you've got planning permission, usually the incentive then is to get on and build out that land because, you know, often people have been buying that land, you know, with with debt payments and they're they're paying interest on the cost of that. So they, they do need to press on. There are lots of reasons why that might get held up and we're very keen to see all the new homes that we need come forward. There's a desperate shortage in this country of, of new homes, and everyone will know locally housing is expensive rent to rent and to buy, and getting more expensive. Um, we want to make sure that you know, homes are brought forward to tackle that housing crisis. Central Bedfordshire, more than 7,000 homes have permission but haven't been built. Why would that be? Well, often it might be related to planning conditions, uh, related to the... To the um, kind of the planning permission, particularly for larger sites where there's quite a lot of infrastructure or other conditions that are involved. Um, The government has encouraged those things to be sorted out quickly, and we welcome that in the the autumn statement last year. However, there are also um, opportunities for developers to renegotiate some of those conditions, particularly around affordable housing, and we work with housing associations who are trying to bring that forward, so we were very keen to see that 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 would be changed. Uh, We want to see that affordable housing delivered in those sites, because we know it's desperately needed in the local area. Uh, and you're right, we're constantly, we're, we're talking on this show in this station about the lack of housing and, and, and people desperate to find housing. It would appear that the councils aren't, aren't doing themselves many favours. W- will the situation improve, Claire? Are you confident? Well, certainly we see signs that the market's picking up and that encourages developers to, to bring more homes forward. I think there's a view that sometimes uh, it's not always in their interest to bring all the houses forward at once because that does drop the price. Um, and, you know, we, we want to make sure that the homes are, get, are coming forward because people need them now. Um, you know, we're really keen to see that happen. And, you know, it's just ridiculous. And we want local people to have a say in that too because, you know, local people can hold their councils to account, first of all, to give planning permissions because that's an issue anyway, uh, and then to make sure those planning permissions are, are built out, you know, and they can join the Yes to Homes campaign yes to homes.co.uk and have a say and you know say to their councillors we want to see new homes get planning permission and we want to see them built claire i really appreciate your time this morning thank you very much indeed uh, claire asprey from the national housing federation here's a really mucky country and western song to uh, excite you in the morning she's very naughty billy joe spears Tell me now, don't it remind you Of a blanket on the ground 
Remember back when love first found us We'd go slipping What's what's what noise was that? There was a noise. What was that? Doing. That's no instrument I've ever heard of. Doing. Doing. Maybe that's the sound of them in the woods. What are you doing, Catherine? What's what? What? My, oh, I've got the wrong mics on. Sorry. What are you saying? Is it not what's known as the Jew's harp uh, being twanged? I don't think you can call it that anymore. Well, what's it called then? It's um, a tooth harp. No, it's called... Oh, it's got a name, hasn't it? The twanger. All right, a twanger. No, but no, it's got a proper name. I don't, in this kind of crazy world... The platoon. <laughs> I don't start the platoon. I got so much abuse over platoons, for goodness sakes. Uh, OK, well, th- th- this is the one time I'll use this phrase. What do, you, what do we now call the Jew's harp? As It's probably uh, p- politically integrated. It's not that, uh, Kelly, but thank you. Uh, there is a name for it. The twang. Anyway, was it that? Might have been. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, we've got reports that one lane is blocked just after a Junction 11 for Dunstable after a lorry's broken down. Looking on the speed sensors, though, not showing any major delays at the moment. Elsewhere on the sensors, uh, the north orbital approaches to the London Coney roundabout are both looking slow. Public transport, that's looking good. We've got no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. Families where both parents work and have children under 12 are to be offered further help with childcare. From the autumn of 2015, the government is to make available £2,000 of support per child each year. There are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built, according to figures obtained by the BBC, and one man and two dogs were rescued by firefighters after a kitchen fire in Hemel Hempstead yesterday evening. Crews were called to Highfield Lane just before 5.30. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. The Hatters conceded an 87th-minute goal to end an unbeaten run of 27 conference games. But John Still's side are still 14 points clear. We were 14 points in front, got two tough away games out of the way, Salisbury and uh, Cambridge, and got 15 points in front. It's fantastic. But today we haven't played well enough to win. Unfortunately in football, whoever you are, it happens now and again and it happens for us uh, this evening. Tonight in League Two, Wickham go to Cheltenham. Wanderers are three places and three points above the relegation zone. Manager Gareth Ainsworth says Stephen Craig is pushing for a place up front after impressing as a substitute in Saturday's defeat at York. Gives me a lot of selection headaches now. Not really headaches because, you know, you come in and you play a game and, and you've got to you've got to try and keep hold of your shirt. So, uh, you know, Stevie will, uh, will think he's done enough now and, and, and rightly so. You know, he's, uh, he's come on and he's showed me stuff that he was doing earlier in the season. And there's full commentary on Wickham at Cheltenham in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. In the Champions League, Chelsea host Galatasaray tonight in the second leg of their last 16 tie. It's one all after the first leg in Turkey. In Conference South, Boreham Wood drew one all with Farnborough last night. Tonight, Bishop Stortford hosts Concord Rangers. In the Southern League Premier Division, Biggleswader at Stourbridge. Burnham go to Totten. And in Rugby League, Hemel Stags will find out who they'll face in the Challenge Cup fourth round. The Stags won their third round tie on Sunday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at seven. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now listen, over the weekend, <clears throat> I've been in America celebrating the magic of the monkeys. I'm a star. For, for, for three days, I was king to about a thousand um, women in their 50s and 60s and in their 70s who thought I was wonderful. And I did what I always do when I'm in America. I upped the Britishness. You did the John Cleese. Yeah, it's very much. I was talking like this. Good morning. Good morning to the John Cleese. Well, when my when we, my dad took us on holiday once to Boston, yeah, um, he became John Cleese for like two weeks. We wow. don't know why. Yeah. And his um, pinnacle was when he asked the man at the um, popcorn stand for some cheesy poofs. <laughs> cheesy poofs. Do you have any cheesy poofs? I um, uh, <laughs> I was having dinner in the restaurant, and uh, um, uh, some ladies came to join me because it's mainly women there. There were some men there, but there was, it was mainly women. And some women came to join me. For- God, you're like half. 
Yeah, oh, very much so. But when they came to the table, I stood up. Good evening, ladies. Pleasure. Thank you for your company. <laughs> This is the man who normally slams a door in my face at least once a morning. They loved it. And wow. I uh, I um, had to give presentations and give talks and things. When you went to restaurants, did you modify your accent in order for ease of ordering? Um, no, I Because they don't understand what water is. Oh, th- they understood water. it. Water. Water. Sorry? Yeah. Water. Pardon? Water. Water. Okay, then you get what you want. I, um, I did do some Americanisms... Um, I can't remember what I said. I did use some American words. They slip I, in, don't they? Yeah, they slip in. It was good. It was good, though, being a posh Brit. All right, we've got a... Dennis is in Dunstable. Morning, Dennis. Good morning, Ian. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a king amongst middle-aged women. Well, don't come near my wife, then. <laughs> OK. Yes. Now, then. Thanks for the call. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hey. A little bit of correction. Yes, sir. It is not a Jew's harp. It's a Jaws harp. Well, it's no, okay. Would you like me to correct you? No. Well, I'm going to. It's not a Jaws harp, it's a jaw harp. Well, that's right. Cut the S off the end. Well, I did. Oh, that's fair enough then, so twang away. But it's also known as, as a Jews harp. I know, but that's the business of where the word is changed, not from a racial point of view. It's just easier to say it. Okay. You're, you're, you're really squeaking them out this morning, Dennis. Yeah, I, I know, can... I'm screwing around on this chair. <laughs> <laughs> I've not missed this in the slightest. <laughs> I've really not missed any of this. Now, um, over the on, on the flight to America, I was going through my iPod, and I re- remembered the Divine Comedy. I love the Divine Comedy. Now we've got a choice here. We've got a choice, Catherine, and you can choose. We could play something for the weekend, which mm-hmm. was the hit. Yeah. Or we could play the theme tune to Father Ted. Oh, I love that one. Do you want that? Yeah. What's the What's it called? Songs of Love. K- uh, Kelly Betts. When you finished, when you finished um, texting your mates, g- d- Divine Comedy, Songs of Love. Okay. Ki- I mean, kind of like now. Oh, you want me to do it now? Yeah. All right, okay. Songs of she, Love. She's really fast. I know, like, what's... Hey, it'll be in before you know it. Well, I know it, and well, it's not in. Yeah, but before you know it. You already know it. Wowzers. It's before that. When we come back, we'll do the papers. And I need you to fill in um, some blanks for me. Right. What the hell is going on with this aeroplane? Oh, I can't fill in that blank. It's about 3,000 oh. million miles long. I thought you um, knew where it was. I, I, I've missed this aeroplane story, and I saw bits of it when I was away, and it seems to be getting more... Um, I, I, it's still not in, Kelly. It's getting more and more mysterious. Yeah. So I need, I need you, Catherine. And if anybody else can call in with, with uh, the aeroplane update. And also, I'm kind of prepared to start listening to people's crazy theories because they can't be any crazier than what's in the newspapers today. There, and there is some crazy stuff in the papers about this. Yep, that it flew off at low level and it's probably parked somewhere. Do you park a plane? The, 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 the um, co-pilot sent out a coded message when he said, all right then, good night. That's a code for we're being hijacked. And how many people have flight simulators at home? Well, lots of people have them on their computers. Right. 08459 four double five five. Have you found it yet, Kelly? Uh, yes. OK, well, 08459 four double five five double five. We will talk about the aeroplane. We'll fill in the blanks. And I'm prepared to... I was kind of put off talking about this last week because I thought, well, you know, there are 200 people on this plane. But it's now got so bizarre, so odd, that I'm quite happy to talk about it and to take people's crazy theories about it as well. Did you see that Yuri Geller's waded in? Oh, you reckon for... someone in authorities asked him to get involved? Yeah, of course they have. Yeah, of course they have. Have you found the song yet? Yes. Well, where is it? Wait. Oh, for goodness sakes. She's lightning fast. <sighs> were you this? Were you like this when Safraz was in yesterday? I was better. Yeah, I, I, I know. That's the point I was trying to get at. Oh, hey, Ian. What? It's there. 
is. Oh yeah, thanks. Beasts roam through the streets and coffee shops. Their prey gather in herds, the stiff knee length skirts and white ankle socks. But while they search for a mate, my type hibernate in bedrooms above, composing their songs of love. Father Ted with lyrics. We'll have, it's, it's Divine Comedy Week here at BBC Three Counties Radio. We must tell uh, Nick, JVS and uh, Roberto that, so they can indulge themselves. Kelly's well. really excited about it. You enjoyed that, Kels, did you? I don't understand why there were two rubbish songs playing at once. <gasps> oh. Oh. Whoa. Oh, hey. Wow. Hey. I mean, why? Whoa. He's brilliant. Hey. Tomorrow we'll play another brilliant song from the Divine Comedy. I, I really, I cannot wait. Thank you very much indeed. Mr. That hurts my soul a little yeah, bit. Yeah, she's, she's a kid. She doesn't know nothing. I think the Divine Comedy is one of those bands that is a great test. If people dig it, they're a good person. If they don't dig it, then they're evil. Simple as. 
Uh, now, uh, the, the, the ca- she's Catherine. put her finger up. Yeah. No, no, that one. She's put her hand up. Oh, sorry. Yes, Kels. Just because I don't like that song yep. doesn't mean I don't like the Divine Comedy. Okay. okay. Would, 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 By the end of the the Divine Comedy week, I might really like. What do you reckon it? to this? Oh no, it's the same one. Hang on a second. You didn't like that. Oh no, it's, no that's Flash that Dance. Hang on. 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 How about supposing tomorrow we we played you a little bit of this? <laughs> would you like that? I see where they get their name from. <laughs> would you would you would you be up for some of this tomorrow? <laughs> sure. Hello. Ooh, Tony Fisher. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> the Tony- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you hate this as well, don't you? <laughs> wait for it. Wait for it. to choose a song. No. no, no, no. Hey, so, uh, Catherine, you've been looking through the papers. What have we got? I have. Furious parents, parents, parents. What? Furious parents have hit out at a primary school after children as young as nine were played an audio clip oh. from the infamous... Inf- I can't speak. Whoa. Infamous shower scene in Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? That's, that's no. a bit no one sings. Do the, do, the, do the psycho theme again. Do the psycho theme again. One of the most famous pieces of music of all time, Catherine Boyle now performs, for your pleasure, the psycho theme. That's the bit no one sings. That sounds quite joyous. That's a bit everyone sings, but yeah. there's all that going on underneath it. Yeah. That's what makes it scary. So they played it to some kids and they, they, got, they got scared. One boy... Just listening to it. Just listening to it. But one boy now can't go into the shower without taking his sword in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, parents who buy your son a sword, are you sure it's the music? I don't think it's a real sword, Catherine. Probably a plastic one. Oh. Can I say to the Daily Mail and the Sun, shame on you. Why? Shame on you this morning. Oh, yeah. Shame on you. Daily Mail more so, but 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 the Sun as well. Shame on you. So this this, this woman I've never heard of, uh, Loren Scott, the uh, girlfriend of Mick Jagger. She's she's probably killed herself because she was ten million pounds in debt. Probably hanged herself. Yeah. Okay. So the Sun have a tiny picture of Mick Jagger after hearing the news. The front page of the Daily Mail. Moment Mick heard Loren was dead. It's the full front page. Now, they don't normally do a full front page. They'll normally be a banner advertising one of their ridiculous uh, DVDs you can get if you can go into Smith's or if you want to find out how to lose weight in five easy steps, go to the centre pages. The whole front page is a man in his 70s who's just found out his girlfriend's killed herself. Disgusting. This is not a couple. This is not like Posh and Bex who touted themselves out. They just were going out with each other and they happened to be photographed. You know. I think it is disgusting. He's 70 years old, his girlfriend's just killed herself, let's make the whole front page seconds after he's found out. Shame on you, Daily Mail. I think that is disgusting. Oh, wait, 459, 455, 555. You've got 20 seconds, Catherine. You're not going to use it very wisely, are you? You're down to 10. You know Country File? Yeah. You know um, that lady who said that she was um, fired off being too old? Yeah. Julie Bradbury says she wasn't. Excellent stuff indeed. Uh, after the news and the travel and the weather, we're gonna. I want to talk about this aeroplane. I want to go through the, the stories in the papers about this aeroplane. Okay. I'm so you pulled a face then, as if to say, jog oh, on. Who Ian. knows? Who knows? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. I'm prepared to take your theories on this, but I, I don't think it's too. I, I thought about it a lot um, last night and this morning. I don't think it's too insensitive to do this because it has now suddenly become so mysterious and so bizarre. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 southbound, the hard shoulder is closed just after Junction 11 for Dunstable because a lorry's broken down. as uh, causing heavy traffic back to Junction 12 for Flittick. Also on the M25 anti-clockwise, things are heavy going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. On the speed sensors, the A1M southbound slow going around Junction 7 for Stevenage. And in Harpenden, the St Albans Road is slow approaching the station and just up towards the station road. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. 6.46, it's Tuesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. There are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. That's according to figures obtained by the BBC. And in sport, Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. Let's get the weather now. Here's Elizabeth Rizzini. Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's a bit of a cloudy start to the day for most of us, but there will be a bit of brightness around this morning. Uh, We're starting the day off between 6 and 8 degrees Celsius, so it's not particularly chilly. Most places are going to stay dry, but there will be the risk of perhaps seeing one or two light showers just through the late morning and into the first part of the afternoon. But it's only a risk, really, and I think most places will be dry, but rather cloudy today. Some spells of sunshine emerging again into the afternoon and the westerly wind picking up as well. It'll feel quite brisk, I think, a bit later on. Top temperatures not as high as they have been, unfortunately, only up to around 12 or 13 degrees. Maybe we'll get up to 14 somewhere. Um, That is um, 57 in Fahrenheit. And then for this evening and overnight, it will be dry, quite cloudy. Again, temperatures down to between 6 and 8 degrees. So reasonably mild start to the day tomorrow. Tomorrow we're actually back into the milder air. So it's quite likely that somewhere, perhaps sort of eastern areas of Hertfordshire, we may well get up to 18 or even 19 degrees Celsius tomorrow. There will be lots of sunshine around and yeah again a fairly stiff uh, westerly breeze once more we can expect to see some outbreaks of rain though by the time we get to thursday afternoon that's the forecast if you've missed any of the programs from the last week you've missed things like this what could i do i started to scream of course i didn't have time to give my last hug you know but there is a way you can hear it all again you're listening to a special program on bbc three counties radio looking at the incredible story of st Albans woman philomena lee go to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and click on listen again All of our programmes are available for seven days, allowing you to listen to what you missed. bbc.co.uk Beds, Hearts and Bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. We'll talk about the aeroplane in... Well, hang on. Justin. Morning, boss. Have you... Nice to speak to you, mate. And you. Have you been following this missing aeroplane story? Yes, I have, but um, some of the conspiracy theories are getting slightly boring now down the pub. Well... What, are they? Because the thing is, it's so rid- it's so ridiculous and uh, bizarre and strange that mm. I'm I'm quite prepared to listen to the conspiracy theories now. Mm, it'd be fascinating. I wait four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. I'm, I'm prepared to listen to any theory you may have. That's not why we've got you on though, Justin. Is no, it? No, no, not, not at chuggers all. today. Yeah, you're not a fan of these chuggers. Oh, Charity collectors on a high street. Heck no. <laughs> why do you hate them so much? Because I because the th- oh, they're just so slimy. They're so sleazy. If they if they touch your hand to shake it, they won't let go of you. They can be condescending. They're patronising. They dance beside.
alongside you down yeah. the street. They have hot men doing it to attract the women. They have hot women doing it to attract the men. Yep. And the thing is as well, I'm not going to give a stranger in a high street wearing a tabard my bank details so that I can pay their wages. But they would say it's a good cause, Ian. You what? should be donating to our cause. Yeah, but paying their wages? Get it. Jog on, fella. <laughs> Jog on. Well, uh, I'm live in Watford this morning because here um, they are thinking about banning them from certain parts of the town centre. Oh. Apparently the problem has become that bad, so certainly good. the council are looking into it. So I've been asking people this morning just how bad these chuggers are. Everyone is saying horrible things about them. Um, I spoke to this man a moment ago. Here's what happens. Paul, be as blunt as you want to. Um, how bad are the, the chuggers on this high street? They're very bad, very bad. I mean, you can't go 50 yards without them shaking the cans under your nose and saying it's this for that. And it's just annoying when people can't get on with their shopping. I mean, there's too many too many of them as they are, and they're just a nightmare, to be honest. So it's a serious problem here, then? Yeah, it is a serious problem here. I mean, especially up up there where you've got Burger King and everywhere else. They hang about, and they, they harass you. They don't leave you alone. It is a serious problem in Watford, yeah. I mean, you seem like a nice guy. I mean, you're talking to me this morning, which is great and I appreciate your time. Is, is there a, a sense of aggression? Is, is that what's annoying you about them? Yeah, some of them are quite pushy, uh, but it's the number of them. There's mm. all sorts of different charities. Now, uh, I, I give for charity my wages every every month, and I, when you tell them this, they don't take no for an answer, and they do harass you, and it's just a nightmare, really. And so there you go. Paul saying it's a nightmare. Later, in you're going to be talking to Peter Maple. He's a director of a charity fundraising course, but, but they're absolutely everywhere. Every high street you go to, uh, they're there with their clipboards trying to sign you up, but here in Watford the problem has become so bad they're thinking about putting Good. them in a, a certain part of the town or banning them altogether. Good, get rid of them. Justin, speak to you later on. 08459 555 if you want to have your say on that. Now, this this aeroplane, Catherine, I missed a lot of it this, this weekend. I was in America, I was in a hotel in the middle of nowhere in New Jersey, uh, and I caught little glimpses of it on television. I was, I was chatting to some people and I saw the plane came up and I, I went and had a look at it. What's going on with this aeroplane? No idea. Oh. The sun has got two theories. Under the radar, theory one, that uh, it dropped below 5,000 feet and skimmed across land to avoid radar. So what, it's landed safely somewhere and all the people are OK? But if this is, if this is a hijacking, OK, why have the hijackers not got in touch and said, we got your, yeah, we've got your plane? We've got, we've got your plane, we want a billion dollars, or we want you to release all of these... What, what, why have they not made any demands? One of the theories I heard was they wanted something to do with the insurance money. But I, I have no idea. And also, if it was a terrorist, terrorist incident, surely normally a terrorist will want you to know their cause and why they're doing something. Very quiet. The second theory in the sun is a black hole. Oh, oh that's uh, the second theory, is yeah. it? <laughs> right. The jet li- liner may never be found if it crashed in what experts describe as a vast black hole, remote ocean not covered by radar or satellites. US experts increasingly believe that that was its fate after civilian radar was lost. There are bits of the Earth that aren't monitored. I don't believe that for a second. There are. Where? All over. Apparently, when you flew to America, there's vast parts of your journey you wouldn't have been on the radar. What? Yep. Then they've got another theory. Was it the pilot's suicide plot? A top security and terror expert yesterday claimed there was a growing consensus that either the pilot or co-pilot was suicidal and crashed the jet deliberately. But then if they crashed the jet deliberately, how come we don't know where it is? 
What was the thing that the co-pilot, they think, now gave out a coded message or something? It said something like, uh, right then, good night or something, and it was uh, not the usual procedure, and so they're wondering now whether he was trying to tell them something on the ground. All right, good Hamid, said, Hamid the co-pilot, said, co-pilot says, farewell to Malaysian ground control, the words, all right, good night, not the recognised radio drill. Then three minutes after, the plane's transponder, which sends out an identifying signal, is switched off. So odd. Ten minutes later, military radar shows the jet climbing to 45,000 feet and turning sharply west. It falls to 23,000, then climbs again to 35,000. It's just... It's just the most mysterious story. And there are a lot of people out there playing the game. Oh, it's a bit like Lost. Well, it's not like Lost. They they won't have landed on an island with a smoke monster that travels through time. But I I can't get my head around it. 08459 455 555. Call him with... Uh, uh, d- d- Justin says he's bored of the conspiracy theories. I'm a few days behind this. I've not heard any of the conspiracy theories. I'm prepared to hear them all, please. What have you got there? Something else in the paper. Paul O'Grady saying that he spent £8,000 on cancer treatment for his dog. Oh. Um, his last dog, Buster, died of cancer. So when vets told Paul O'Grady that his pet, Olga, was suffering the same condition hey. and only had 18 months, he decided he'd do all he could to save her. Ignoring advice to have her put down, the chat show host and uh, Lily Savage star is paying eight thousand pounds for the care and terry to undergo in- intense chemo and surgery i'm not a pet person no eight thousand pounds seems like a lot of money i'd do it i'd do it for my cat i'd do it for the cat although i'm he, surely he's got pet insurance i um my cat got very very ill uh, a few years ago uh, and she just stopped eating wouldn't eat for like two months it was really weird uh, but by a, a coincidence a coinky doink i got pet insurance like three months before she got ill and the bill came to around four thousand pounds and I think I had to pay £350. But I, I would have paid that £4,000. I would have paid that quite happily. I guess it depends on how much of a companion you've got. Yeah. A, cl- a close family member of mine's just lost their dog. And um, it was a, it was really, really, you know... She's really caught up about it because it yeah. was kind of her baby. Because yeah. she's not married. She hasn't got any children. She saw that dog through thick and thin. And they they kind of start off as your child and end up being older than you all of a sudden. And yeah. that poor dog ended up on um It had wheels and everything. Oh, I love t- dogs on wheels. Oh, my goodness. She really nursed that dog through an awful lot. And it was terribly tragic to see what happened at the end. The rabbit, I, I wouldn't spend four grand on because the rabbit lives outside. I don't, I don't really What if know you only had guy. a rabbit and you didn't have velvet? I wouldn't spend four grand on the rabbit. It's worth less than a cat. Well, I could buy another one for 25 quid. But the velvet, I've had velvet for 12, 13 years. 13 years. She's 15 this year. I've had her for 13 years and she's seen me through so much. Uh, and she's kind of, she is part of the family. It's the level know. of companionship, isn't it? Kelly, you like dogs on wheels, don't you? There's, no, there's nothing better, and I don't mean this to be cruel, but a dog that's lost its back legs and it's been replaced by Tell wheels. Tell you what, that dog could go like the clappers. Yeah, they, they, they're cute, aren't they? They're cute. And some, some of them walk <laughs> along like they don't know that they're on wheels. Yeah. Sometimes I, would, I think it would be appropriate for dogs just to have healthy dogs to have their back legs amputated just, just to get them wheels. Amputated, but I do think they could have wheels just for a... a a different type of exercise. Yes. Oh, he also had surgical boots. <laughs> oh, don't laugh. It was what terribly d- sad. Surgical boots for a dog? Yeah. What does that do? I don't know. Oh, okay. There was something else. Poor dog. Well. I think you should play the Fleetwood Mac song that's lined up. I haven't got time. Uh, I've, got, I've got a minute and a half. Mm. And it's three minutes, 43 seconds. Mm. I played the... Uh, oh, it's a good one, that. We haven't got time. So that's all you get, I'm afraid. That'll do. That'll do. It's plenty, isn't it? Boy 14 su- suspended after leading a school strike to get more homework. Good. 
Suspending. Look, I mean, come on, guys. This is not what you want our school kids to be doing. Why did you want more homework? A teenage boy was excluded. I'm just uh, playing it on my phone. No. Just fade my mic. There we go. I will do. Uh, A teenage boy was excluded from school after... Sorry. What, mate? (sighs) A teenage boy was excluded from school after... A teenage boy was excluded from school after organising a mass... Oh. Sorry, what, mate? Just... Now, you stop it. Oh, no, hang on. Just put it up a bit. The good bit's coming up. Here it comes. No, a teenage boy was excluded from school after... <laughs> a teenage boy was excluded from school after organising a mass walk... Oh, for goodness sakes! Try to do the story about the SWATs. Leave me alone. I'm having my own disco. Leave me alone. I'm trying to do the story about this this kid that wants more homework, Aaron Parfit. A teenage boy was excluded from school after organising a mass walkout of pupil. Oh, Kelly! Hmm? Turn that off. <laughs> Good one, though, isn't it? A teenage boy was excluded from. Oh, nuts. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, the hard shoulder is closed just after Junction 11 for Dunstable because a lorry's broken down. Looking heavy on the sensors back to Junction 12 for Flittick. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Also heavy between 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. In Chesant on the speed sensors, the A10 southbound building up between Turnfold and the M25 junction for Enfield. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Scott's tweeted me, there's a dog on wheels that lives by Uxbridge Canal. He's fine until he goes on the grass verge and then he gets stuck. True story. More of your calls and texts after the latest news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, the headlines. Mother criticises Bedford Hospital. More government help with childcare costs and shock defeat for Luton. BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. More from Brendan Murphy. Kirsty Abrahams from Bedfordshire claims that her seven-week-old daughter, Isabel, has been waiting for around four weeks for a scan to find out how big the hole is in her heart. Ms Abrahams claims that Isabel has been seen by 10 different consultants at Bedford Hospital who've all given her conflicting information about her child's condition. In a statement, Bedford Hospital said Ms Abrahams and her husband have been given open access to Riverbank Unit where they can speak to a clinician directly. The government has set out plans to expand the scale and scope of the help it intends to offer parents with the costs of childcare. From the autumn of next year, families with children under 12 and two working parents will be offered 
up to £2,000 per child per year. Downing Street has estimated just under two million families will benefit. There are, pl- there are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built, according to figures obtained by the BBC. And more than half of those homes have had planning permission for more than two years, raising fears about so-called land banking. More from Carol Abercrombie. The figures include central Bedfordshire, which has more than 7,000 homes with planning permission which haven't been built. In Watford, there are more than 1,400. In North Hart, 750. And in St Albans, 650. Critics say developers aren't building new homes quickly enough and that's contributing to the housing crisis. One man and two dogs were rescued by firefighters after a kitchen fire in Hemel Hempstead yesterday evening. Crews were called to Highfield Lane just before 5.30. Officials in China have announced they're searching the western part of the country for the missing Malaysia Airlines jet, which disappeared 11 days ago with nearly 240 people on board. Beijing also says that checks on the backgrounds of all 154 Chinese passengers have revealed no links to terrorism. A woman was treated for the effects of breathing in smoke after a fire in a fourth-floor flat in Buckinghamshire last night. Firefighters were called to Chilton Heights in White Lion Road in Little Chalfont just after 8 o'clock. The Rolling Stones have cancelled the first concert on their tour of Australia after the apparent suicide of Sir Mick Jagger's long-term girlfriend, Lorenz Scott, in New York. The concert was due to take place in Perth tomorrow. In sport, Luton Town have lost their first league game for six months. Shot from Murta, hits the bar and then put it to the back of the net. Woking have scored. It was a fantastic shot from Murta. Giuseppe Sol has put the ball into the back of the net. With three and a half minutes remaining, it's Luton nil. Woking That goal ended the Hatters' unbeaten run of 27 conference games, but John Stills' side are still 14 points clear. The weather, a chance of light rain and drizzle this morning, but brighter this afternoon, feeling cooler, maximum temperature 12 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I would home in on our sense of community, our can-do attitude in the, in the town. Inviting everyone to where you live. There's always something to say hello to, there's always something to put me into, there's always something new in the shops. All this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell. The friendliness, the community spirit, the well-being. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm back. I'm just reading... I'm reading um, the text. It's... Thank you very much, Jez Ruth and Paul in High Wycombe. It's a little bit... Um, if I were to read it, I'll be patting myself on the back a little bit too much, so I won't read it out, but the sentiment is appreciated. Thank you very much indeed. Right. What's happening on the show? Let me tell you. A worried mum is accusing Bedford Hospital of keeping her in the dark about her baby daughter's condition. Kirsty Abraham says none of the consultants there have been able to tell her what's making her seven-week-old so ill. We'll find out more in a bit. We'll also be asking why planning permission has been given for thousands of new homes across beds, hearts and bucks, but no-one's building them. 
And as Watford considers banning chuggers working outside one particular parade of shops, have charities got too cheeky? If they're not chasing you on their lunch break, they're knocking at your door late at night, they're phoning you up, they're sending you loads of posts. Don't they just need to calm down a little bit? And I've missed all of the, uh, the, the this missing Malaysian airline stuff over the weekend. I've got back and it, the, it, the world's gone crazy. I'm prepared to hear your ridiculous theories this morning on what on earth has happened to that aeroplane. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. You can send me a text, 81333, start your text 3CR, or you can give me a call, 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Chuggers. Watford is looking to get rid of Chuggers in certain areas. Simon's from Sandy. Morning, Simon. Good morning, Ian. Are you a fan of Chuggers? No, they're very annoying, aren't they? They're, they're, I can't believe... It, I mean, obviously people must give them their details, but I, I can't think of anybody who would. No, I can't believe that so you just give your bank details to a stranger in the street that you don't really know, but that's just daft. What's your experience with them? Well, I, I was at the weekend. I, it's not... It's such a form of chugging. I walked into a certain store and they asked for a donation as soon as I got my foot in the door. Oh. A donation to, for, for what kind of charity? Uh, something to do with some sort of cancer charity it was. Right, OK. Yeah, I can, I'm not going to name the store unless you don't want me to, but no. um, very surprised. Just to, get, I didn't even start my shopping and I was asked for a, a bucket waved at me and would you like to give... Yeah, I find that surprising. See, the, uh, the, the, I don't mind if there's someone stood there with a bucket outside. You're not. You're, here's here's a, a, a something. Fact fans, you're not allowed to shake the buckets anymore. There's a law that says you can't shake the buckets or those little pots. But if someone stood there with a little pot or a bucket, ah, fair enough, because you know you chuck, you could chuck in a few coppers or whatever you fancy. But when they come up to you and say, "Hello, sir, you're, you're having a good day today. Can we get your bank data? Let me tell you about Martin. Martin leads a very sad life, uh, and uh, and then they ask for your details. That seems ridiculous." It does a little bit, yeah. I, I also got another one in another store, and I'd, I'd done, got my products, I went to the checkout, and I got asked if I wanted to make a donation at the till there. Oh. No, no, we'll have, we'll have none of that. Simon, thank you for that. We'll have none of that, please. Also, when I order uh, a pizza from uh, a certain uh, company, I won't say their name, but it's, it's based on an old man's... It's based on Domino's. Oh. If you order it online, would you like to um, round up the, the change and donate it to some... No? I'd like my change. I'd like my money, please. I, I'm, I'm ordering a pizza. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not feeling particularly charitable. I'm feeling, I'm feeling lonely and miserable. That's why I'm ordering a pizza. When is a good time to catch you? For what? For money. No, never, Kelly. Hmm. Or Quado. Oh, me. That's not for on-air purposes. 08459 455 555. Now, we've been contacted by a Bedfordshire mum who's worried about the length of time it's taking Bedford Hospital to help her sick baby. Kirsty Abrahams is desperately concerned about seven-week-old Isabel, but no-one at Bedford has been able to tell her what's wrong. Kirsty joins me on the line now. Morning, Kirsty. Morning. When did you notice something was wrong with your baby? Uh, from day one, basically. What, what, how did you know? Um, well, from less than 12 hours old, um, her poo wasn't right. Um, it was more like rabbit droppings poo, which isn't normal. Uh, having two previous children, I know what's normal and what's not. You're looking for, but let's, without going into too much detail, you're looking for a kind of thick marmite, aren't you? 
Uh, yeah. To when it starts. I know. Sorry, 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 guys, but uh, us parents <laughs> know what we're talking about. You look, yeah, so, okay, so that, so that would have been a, your first concern. Yeah. Uh, and you took, when did you take her back to the, was, was this when you were still in the hospital? Yeah, this was before I was discharged with her. And what did the doctors say? Um, my midwife that was looking after me said that she was fine, just to keep an eye on it, um, and to go home, basically. Um, we went back two days later, because I had to go and get an anti-D injection, and we mentioned it again, um, but a student midwife then told us, no, she was fine, if it carried on, go to a GP. <coughs> Sorry. So that's what we did, we went to the GP, and he prescribed lactulose, which she was on for a week, maybe two, didn't work. Um, then he gave us something stronger, which really isn't meant for a child, a yeah. baby, uh, Movacol. Um, that didn't work. So then we decided to just take her down to um, A&E. And they sent us straight to Riverbank Ward. The hospitals uh, asked you to change Isabel's diet, is that right? Yeah, they believe it to be a milk intolerance. Right. Um, but after speaking to a dietitian, uh, she's sort of advised us that she doesn't believe it's a milk allergy, but give them the benefit of the doubt and continue with the food for another couple of weeks. Um, but, it, I mean, it's made no difference at all. Right. Uh, the way she's pooing, she's struggling to poo. She won't poo without a suppository. Oh, um, gosh. We have to use them. She's screaming in pain. I bet she is. I don't know if you can tell. I sound tired. Yeah. Oh, no, up all night. You're sounding very good, very good, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, now, and you, you, you want Bedford Hospital to uh, give Isabella a scan. Yes. What, what do you think that will achieve? I don't know. All I want is for them to, to do a scan or, or some sort of scan just to prove that there is nothing there. That's all I wanted. But they're refusing to... Well, they have refused to do it. Um, and obviously being seen by up to ten different doctors and people saying different things, like one will say, yeah, we'll keep you in and we'll do these tests in the morning, and then a new doctor comes in in the morning and they say, no, we're not going to do that, we're going to discharge you. We're just confused with it all and no-one seems to want to take charge. Bedford Hospital didn't want to come on today, but they've, they've sent us a statement and they've told us kind of their side of the story. And, and they insist that they're providing all the care and treatment that Isabel needs, including referral to specialist units. And you've also got open access to the Riverbank unit. Is that right? Yeah, that's where we go to. Um, now, you, you laughed when I said that. Why? Well, they say, obviously, being referred to specialists. We've actually already been to Addenbrooke. Um, and Adam Brooks have advised... We were sent to the surgical team at Adam Brooks to see if it was a surgical problem. Yeah. The consultant that we saw... The surgeon, sorry, that we saw there advised us it wasn't surgical, but it's medical, um, and told us to go back to Bedford and get them to refer us to the medical team at Adam Brooks, which I'm aware that hasn't been done. They've just completely ignored their advice and gone with what they wanted to do. So... What are you going to do next then, Kirsty? Well, I don't know. All I want is for my little girl to be better. Yeah. This is all I want. I'm more tempted to do a transfer to a different hospital. And do you think that will? Do you think that will achieve what you're after? Do you not just think? And let me put this to you: that maybe you know you are tired, and obviously <laughs> there are problems. That that. Perhaps you you need to trust the hospital a little bit more in what they're saying and go along with what they're saying. And perhaps perhaps they're right, I don't know, but perhaps they're right and a scam wouldn't achieve anything and would be stressful for everybody concerned. Well, when 
my daughter's been screaming in pain for more than four hours and I'm asking nurses to come and help me and come and see my daughter and to be told by them that my daughter's not a priority, do you know what I mean? It yeah. makes me angry. Yeah, of course and I, it does. I have bitten my tongue a lot of times with the nurses because they just don't seem to care. When a consultant had told the nurses to take care of my daughter through the night, to monitor her through the night, not one nurse came in and monitored my daughter that night. And then she came in in the morning, asked how my daughter was, and when I said, oh, she's been up and down, her attitude was, well, I only heard her twice. What's this about a hole in the heart as well? Yeah, she was in and out of hospital, um, and we got really annoyed with the fact she was seeing so many different doctors and demanded we see a consultant that knows what they're doing, basically. Yeah. Um, He then came to us and said, right, she's got two problems. And we're like, we're only here for the bowels. Um, turns out she had a hole in her heart and that took them till she was three weeks old to diagnose. And then all of a sudden, everybody else can hear it now. Since it's being diagnosed, everybody can hear it, but how come people before couldn't? Kirsty, listen, I really appreciate you getting in touch with us. And I wish you and uh, Isabel the best of luck. I hope things get sorted soon. I know how stressful it is, the the, the early days, and particularly if they're poorly, and, and try and get some rest if you can. Kirsty, thank you very much for your time. There we go. 08459 455 555. It's Kirsty Abrahams, concerned about her seven-week-old Isabel. You forget as well, illness to one side. How exhausting. <laughs> Seven weeks. Seven-week babies are hard work anyway. But also everyone's over your shoulder and telling yep. you what you should be doing. And when you actually want something done, sometimes you can feel like no one takes you seriously. I feel that all the time here. Do you? Yeah. I take you seriously. Do you? Well, why are you wearing that fake moustache and that clown hat? Anyway, bringing it back to the serious story. Yes, thank you, Catherine. Um, I understand her frustration. I completely understand her frustration. Is it, what would you do? If people listening at home, what would they do? Would you continue to push or do you sit back and, and, and believe that someone is going to sort it out it's 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 easy to be on the outside isn't it and say yeah. well you should just listen to the doctors and, and, and what they say but you're right when it's your kid you um you do everything you can yeah what would you do in that situation i, I guess is the question thank you catherine oh eight four five nine four double five five double five seven fifteen bbc three counties radio here's alice with the travel travel news for beds cards and bugs bbc three counties radio On the M1 southbound, the hard shoulder is closed just after Junction 11 for Dunstable after a lorry broke down. Very heavy traffic on the sensors back to Junction 12 for Flittick at the moment. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, there are queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. Elsewhere on the speed sensors at the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound, queues are building there. And the A5 southbound, slow going as you go through Mark 8. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 7.16, it's Tuesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. There are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission, but which haven't been built. That's according to figures obtained by the BBC. And in sport, Luton Town lost their first league game for six months, with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. BBC Three Counties Radio.
every weekday morning from nine. Good morning, welcome to the JVS Show. Your local stories. Have you had to rebuild your life after being a victim of crime? Do you think it's inhumane to keep people in prison for life? Do you think that immigration needs to stop? Your local life. Why do 70% of this country feel immigration is wrong? We've actually got an open doors policy. I am just so angry listening to some of them people. What the government are doing, they start introducing American-type sentencing like 200 years in prison. The JVS Show. British people are not xenophobic. Weekday mornings from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. We've just had the, the best text ever. Or is it an email? Is it a text or an email? Email. It's the best email ever. And we can, we can open this up, because I know what, that people will be doing a similar thing. Aidan in Luton. Dear Ian, every morning when I feed my cats, I sing, Feeding the cats, feeding the cats. To the tune of Breaking the Law by Judas Priest. I thought I'd share that with you and the listeners, seeing as we're talking about pets. <laughs> That's brilliant. I do things like that. I'm trying to think what songs I sing uh, that, that are nonsense. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Songs you sing. That, uh, is it just to do with pets or? I've got um, a wiping song that I sing to my little girls. Go on. Here we go. <laughs> wiping what? Oh no. Lean over, lean over. Let me wipe your. I'm only doing this because I am your mum. <laughs> It's a charm. They're straight over. And at what... Just, okay. When do I stop singing that? When, well, when do we stop... Because I have to, you know, wipe. Uh, when, when do we stop doing that for them? When they go to school, I think. I had to give my daughter lessons in doing that. Wow. Songs that you sing when you're doing chores, please. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, thousands of new homes across beds, hearts and bucks which have got planning permission but which haven't been built. That's according to figures obtained by the BBC. And more than half of those homes have had planning permission for more than two years, raising fears about so-called land banking. Well, in central Bedfordshire, more than 7,000 homes have permission but haven't been built. Joined now by central Bedfordshire councillor Nigel Young. Morning, Nigel. Why have you got such a backlog of homes waiting to be built? Uh, well, hello. Good morning, Ian. Welcome back. Thank you. Um, we, we have got a backlog of 7,000 homes, but it's, it's focused on a couple of areas. The biggest one is at the Wixhams uh, in Bedford, near Bedford, uh, where the landowner has started building on the Bedford side but hasn't yet started building on our side. Uh, and there's around 2,500 there at the Wixhams, which uh, uh, I have to say aren't selling terribly well. But we have actually built 4,000 new homes over the last four years, of which 1,150 were affordable, and we're 21st out of 326 councils nationally uh, on housing completions. And we're also in the top five of authorities for new homes under construction and the fourth highest nationally for help to buy. Well, that's great news, Nigel, but why have you got 7,000 homes waiting to be built? Because the market dictates the speed at which homes are built, and I think Wixom's is an example. Over the last five years... The house builder has only built out 95 homes a year. But there's a serious shortage of homes for people to live in. Yeah. So I'm confused as to how the, the, the market couldn't absorb those new homes. Well... It's too a, expensive? It, Are they too expensive? 
I, well, I think they are. My son and his fiancée have just bought a home on the Help to Buy scheme, and I think that the, that, that home was probably 10% overpriced. And I think when you remember that on top of that, you know, young people have to pay stamp duty. I really believe one of the things the government could do to help people to get on the housing ladder, uh, the Help to Buy scheme's great, but to help them get on the housing ladder would be to waive uh, stamp duty on their first home purchase or below a certain uh, level. That would have helped enormously. There have been claims that this is a, a deliberate act by the developers in the hope they'll get more money as land prices go up. What do, what do you think about that? Well, I don't think that's the case in central Bedfordshire, but I, I'm sort of forced to agree that that does happen nationally. That, because there, there, I know of significant chunks of land with options on them which have not come forward for planning permission, and obviously those owners and those developers are hanging on until land prices improve, which they are doing now. I mean, there's a couple of developments among the the 7,000 you mentioned, uh, 400 in Amptill and 400 in Flitwick, which are about to start building. So the market's picking up, but it doesn't alter the fact, despite how well houses are selling uh, in central Bedfordshire, uh, because it's a great place to live and a great place to work, it, it doesn't it doesn't really uh, matter how much land there is. The, the, the point here is that developers will only build when they can sell. Uh, the Labour Party have talked about the need for a use-it-or-lose-it regulation to force councils to get these homes built. That, that sounds like a good idea, doesn't it? Well, it's certainly one, one thing that we, we do get a little irritated about is uh, empty houses standing around and, and not paying council tax. And we do believe, as a council, that there should be some incentive where permissions have been granted for developers to get on and build them. But the fact remains, it's an expensive job buying a house. You'll face this when your children are older. You've really got to earn quite a lot of money and probably get help from your parents as well as the government. Well, then why can't we get... These 7,000 houses that haven't been built, that we have permission to build, why can't we build some of them and make them social housing? Well, we have, as I said earlier, built 4,000 homes, 1,000 a year. But there are are 7,000 plots that have permission to build housing on. You're talking about how difficult it is for young people to buy housing, so why don't we use some of that 7,000 to make more social housing? Well, we, we built 1,140 uh, okay. affordable homes. Again, you've mentioned that, but the 7,000 houses that are waiting to be built, why don't you build some of those as social housing? Well, Ian, we don't build social housing. It's, it's registered providers, social landlords that build social housing, and they build to market demand as well. But, there is, but you, you just said there is a demand for, for social housing and for cheaper housing. Well, I, I didn't quite say there was a demand for social housing. So well, Mary, what well I you said know there was, is a demand. You said there was a demand for cheaper housing, yes, and, and you I know there is. Is a, you know there is a demand for social housing, so why, why can't the council do something to speed this process up? We do do our best to speed it up. I, you know, I've got to repeat, we're in the top five... No, Nigel, you've said that. We're talking specifically about the 7,000 houses that you have permission to build that haven't been built. You've said there is a demand for cheaper housing. You know there is a demand for social housing. So why don't the council do something to, to, to fill that out, to help? Well, Ian, we do do our best to get houses built, but we're at the whim of the market. And I've tried to explain that we're in the top five... Of, of authorities nationally. Terry's on the line. Morning, Terry. Good morning, Ian. Terry, you got a question for Nigel? Yes, I'd like, like to ask Mr Young, um, it, why is it that when people want to build a house, say I wanted to build a new house, right, um, why is it that I have to pay, I believe, £10,000 per house before I even start? 
as well, a new they call it new build yeah i know i know what new build is terry but and good morning good morning but i don't know the answer to your question specifically what i can do is well the, may i say terry, the, maybe maybe i say the answer to my question is that you've already said about the government's issuing incentives why don't you reduce that cost Terry, I don't know the answer to your question. I'm sorry that I don't, but I was going to say, if, if Ian Lee's researchers can get your number, I'll get the answer for you this morning, and I'll call you back myself and tell you. All right. Beautiful. OK, we'll do that. Uh, Terry, thank you very much. Uh, Nigel, thank you very much. Always good to, uh, to have you on. That's uh, Central Bedfordshire Councillor Nigel Young. If you're looking for social housing, if you're looking for cheaper housing... 7,000 homes have permission to be built in Central Bedfordshire, but they haven't been. How does that make you feel? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. On FM, AM, online, and digital radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Glenda's in Milton Keynes. Good morning, Glenda. Good morning, Ian. Glenda, what have you got for me? Baby Isabel. Oh yes, we were just talking to her mum, Kirsty, weren't we? Yes. yes. It sounds like to me that she's got Hirschsprung's disease. She's got what? Hirschsprung's disease. Hirschsprung's? What's Hirschsprung's? It's a bowel condition Oh. that babies are born with. Yeah. One in every 5,000, so not many. Very, very rare. Most paediatricians, most GPs don't know anything about it. Ah. Uh, how, uh, how do you know so much about it? My, uh, my son was born with it 16 years ago. OK. And, and so what exactly does it do? It means you have rabbit poo. You don't have any poo. Oh, oh. You know the nice black stuff that you wait for? Yes. That doesn't happen. Oh. Um, they get very, very poorly. You don't get the golden stuff a little bit later on? No, you oh. get nothing. Oh. They, they haven't got the nerves in the bowel to push the poo along. Oh, my goodness. Um, so it just stays put. And I hope you're enjoying your breakfast at home, guys. <laughs> it's a horrible disease. No, it sounds horrible. What, what can be done? Well, most babies die from it. Oh, my gosh. It is very, very serious. Yeah. Um, what the paediatricians do, and if you get a brilliant surgeon, they cut the bit, bad bit out. Right. Babies have a stoma bag for a while, then rejoin the bad bit up. Yeah. Uh, my son's still got a stoma, and he has to have his bowel washed out every evening. It takes an hour. Wow. If he didn't have that done, he would be dead. But, but um, it, baby Isabel, she is, and again, apologies if you're having your, your breakfast, particularly Cocoa Pops. <laughs> baby <laughs> Isabel, she is kind of, there is some poo coming out, some yes, faecal yes. matter. Yeah, it's, it's those first poos that you have to worry about. Right. Um, she's got a distended tummy, um, doesn't really like eating, sick a lot, floppy, just disinterested. Oh dear. She needs a biopsy because with the ganglion cells that are missing, you get gaps. It can be one side of the um, colon and not the other side. So you know how a worm or a caterpillar moves? Yeah. That's how the bell works and pushes the poos through. Oh. And uh, listen, with that, the thank, I appreciate your call. Thank you very much indeed. A lot of poo talk at uh, 27 minutes past seven in the morning, but uh, I, th- I think we can handle this. We're all grown up, aren't we? Aren't we? Stop sniggering in the back. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. I'm also keen this morning to get your theories on what on earth has happened to this aeroplane. I missed the Malaysian aeroplane when I was away. Courtney Love thinks she's found it. This is true. Courtney Love has posted on the internet a picture of the sea, right, with some shadows on it, and she's drawn arrows that says oil, question mark, plane, question mark, yeah, they should definitely get on that, shouldn't they? <laughs> <I? laughs> 
But this is how crazy it's got. You know, the Courtney Love is, is posting pictures of where she thinks the, the aeroplane is. People have started to make jokes about it. And I don't quite know how I feel about it. John Ronson, who is, I'm a big fan of, he's a great writer. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. And he posted, it wasn't particularly, well, he said, I'm just going out for a drive. I'll keep my eyes open for the plane. Two hours later, I didn't see it. Now, it's not the, the most, it's not a particularly big gag, but you kind of think, wow, this is this has reached a point now where people are, are openly and publicly sort of making slightly light of the fact that 200 people have gone missing. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, it's a strange one, isn't it? They're poor families. It, exactly, exactly. It's so surreal, it's so not real. I think that that's why people are being a bit more relaxed in their humour about it, because it's just so fantastical. Even Yuri Geller's waded in. Oh, for goodness sakes, Yuri. Is there really nothing he wouldn't, wouldn't do to get on the papers? It's just, it's just so awful. 08459 four double five five double five. Your thoughts on it? What do you think has happened? I mean, I, I, and the, the only reason I'm asking for your thoughts and your conspiracy theories, I don't really like conspiracy theories, but... The newspapers are doing them. The newspapers are just plucking things out of the air and running with them. So what do you think's happened to the uh, Malaysian airliner? 08459 455 555. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is slow going because a lorry broke down earlier just after Junction 11 for Dunstable. Uh, going heavy still back to Junction 12 for Flitwick. On the M40, we've got reports of an accident at the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout making things slow. We're just waiting for further information on that. And on the M25 anti-clockwise, queues between Junction 21 for the M1 and 20 for Kings Langley. And in Uxbridge, the A40 London-bound, queuing between the Swakeleys roundabout and Gypsy Corner. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. The hospital says they are providing all the necessary care and treatment, including referral to specialist units. The government has set out plans to expand the scale and scope of the help it intends to offer parents with the costs of childcare. From the autumn of next year, families with children under 12 and two working parents will be offered up to £2,000 per child per year. And figures obtained by the BBC show there are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. Areas affected include Central Bedfordshire, Watford, North Hearts and St Albans. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. The Hatters conceded an 87th-minute goal to end an unbeaten run of 27 conference games. But John Still's side are still 14 points clear. We had a definite, definite penalty. But they also said to me there was another one that shows up that it was. To be fair, I didn't see either of them from where I was. We've hit the post twice. But we haven't played great. I just haven't played great. I haven't played particularly well this evening. 
Tonight in League Two, Wickham go to Cheltenham. Wanderers are three places and three points above the relegation zone. And there's full commentary on Wickham at Cheltenham in tonight's Three Counties Sport from seven. In the Champions League, Chelsea host Galatasaray tonight in the second leg of their last 16 tie. It's one all after the first leg in Turkey. And tonight sees a return to Stamford Bridge for former Chelsea striker Didier Drogba. Now I, I belong to, to Galatasaray and uh, I, I need to be professional. Of course there will be emotions, of course. Like the first leg to see my, my ex-teammates, also the Chelsea fans, was special. But then there was the game and the game, as you, you could see, was tough. So I think it's going to be the same. In Conference South, Boreham Wood drew one all with Farnborough last night. Tonight, Bishop Stortford hosts Concord Rangers. In the Southern League Premier Division, Biggleswader at Stourbridge. Burnham go to Totten. And in Rugby League, Hemel Stags will find out today who they'll face in the Challenge Cup fourth round. The Stags won their third round tie on Sunday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. We've been asking for what songs you have when you're doing chores. We talked last week already about the um, when the computer turns off. Time to go home. My little song there. Uh, 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 Ian says, when my, dog Chan, Chad, when my dog Chad runs in the park, I sing Go Chaddy, Go Chaddy, Go 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 to the tune of Go Buddy Go by the Stranglers. I don't know that song. It sounds like a lot like Go Johnny Go Go Go. Johnny be good. Okay. Phil says, I don't have a cat. I'd never be so socially irresponsible, but I do sing along to... <laughs> To Judas Priest when I'm mowing the lawn, mowing the lawn. <laughs> well, there are, t- there are two uh, two things you can call in about here. Songs you've made up for chores. And uh, what? how do you change the lyrics to Breaking the Law by Judas Priest? That seems to be a goer entirely on its own. Changing the words, changing the words. <laughs> 08459 four double five five double five. We're also talking about chuggers. Uh, we're also talking about this uh, aeroplane that's gone missing. But earlier on in the show, we were speaking to Kirsty Abrahams, who is uh, concerned about her seven-week-old Isabel. Um, well, Kirsty's back on the line. Morning, Kirsty. Morning. Kirsty, now listen, the reason we've got you back on, we, we had one call who was suggesting, it, it, who said it sounded like a condition her son had. Now, bearing in mind, these aren't doctors, and we don't want to worry you. We just yeah. thought that we'd, 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 you know, we'd put this information to, towards you. Well, Paul has called in. Paul, you, you, you think it, it's the same thing. What, what condition? Do you think it is that, that Isabel might have, Paul? Uh, morning. morning. Uh, yeah, Hirschsprung's disease. Hirschsprung's disease. What, what, now, just tell us again what it is. Um, it's, it's nerve cells that are missing from the intestines. Um, I've researched this for over 25 years. Uh, I was born with it, and so was my daughter. It's just what um, Kirsty spoke about sounds so familiar, and it gets so easily misdiagnosed. And so this basically means you, you haven't got the equipment downstairs to, um, I'm going to say a phrase that I'm really sorry, to push out a poo, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's the, it's the nerve cells that operate the intestines. And how do you, how do you deal with it as you get older, Paul? Um, it can only be remedied as, as such uh, for an operation. You end up having so many intestines removed, depending on how bad it is. Um, Kirsty's little baby sounds like it's what they call short segment. Um, anything longer is very detrimental to a child's health when they're very first born. 
Um, I mean, my little girl almost died within a, within a couple of days, and she had a very big operation when she was less than two days old. Then what was it that Kirsty said, Paul, that kind of, you know, set, set a little light bulb off in your head? Um, it, it, when she was talking about the meconium, the stuff that the baby first um, releases after they're born, um, that not coming out, and struggling basically to go to the toilet, um, and screaming in pain, and doctors... It was the lactose intolerance. A lot of the time that comes up um, from doctors saying that that's the problem. I only caught part of the snippet because I was driving to work at the right. time. So do, what, what should Kirsty? And again, listen, I've got to say, you're not a doctor. The other person we had is a doctor. These are purely your opinions, and I appreciate them. But what should Kirsty be doing? Should she be pushing for a scan? What, what, what should she be saying to her doctor and her specialists? Keep on and on and on at the doctors until you get the answers you want. Um... There is a, an X-ray they can do to see if she's distended internally. There's a what? Um, sorry, an X-ray they can do. Did you say? Yeah, my daughter had an X-ray um, to see what was going on with her intestines inside. Um, and later on, when she got transferred to John Radcliffe in Oxford, um, they do what they call well, without sounding a bit crude, a rectal biopsy. Yeah, they take a we've all, we've all been there. Yeah, <laughs> they take a very small sample of the intestine inside, and they under a microscope look for the cells that should be present if they're not then it's basically open surgery and they go from there Kirsty, what, what are your thoughts yeah it does sound similar to this we have sort of read up about this before and the fact that she is now not pooing without a suppository it, it does sound like this yeah and uh, have the doctors mentioned hirschsprung's disease um I, i'm not sure i can't say yes or no okay I'd, my husband would probably know. Well, I, I, I would suggest that, that it, it's certainly worth raising it with the doctors and, yeah. and saying, you know, a couple of people have pointed out similarities to the condition that they or their family members mm. have. And um, We have been demanding scans, but they say because her tummy is still soft, they refuse to do the scans. Well, Kirsty, listen, Paul, thank you very much for your call. Kirsty, uh, you know, that, that's the information that we have been given. Yeah. I... I, I yeah, I can't tell you what to do. I'd certainly su- suggest it's. It. Yeah, it's <laughs> worth having a mention and, and let us know, you know, how it develops and what happens. Yeah, I will. Thanks very much for coming Thank back you. on. Take care. Bye bye. We probably disturbed her having uh, a little nap. Bless her. We might have... was, she, was, she, was she busy? She's got two other children. Oh, I guess, so she's all... <laughs> she ain't never napping again. No. She ain't never napping again. Oh, wait, 459 455 555 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, should we have a quick look at the front pages of the newspapers? Yeah, why don't we? Daily Mail, disgusting. Shame on you. Shame on you, Daily Mail. Shame on you as well, to a certain extent, The Sun. No shame on you to the same extent. It doesn't matter the size of the photograph. But for both of you to have printed this photograph is disgusting. And the Mail... The full front page. There's not even a banner at the top advertising a fitness DVD or a, a five-day diet. There's not a, a little box at the bottom talking about the weather or Maddie or, you know, any of the other made-up stories that they put on there. It's a full front page picture of Mick Jagger. Moment Mick heard Lorem was dead. So they've taken a photo... It says here, face etched with grief, Mick Jagger in Perth, Australia, yesterday after learning his girlfriend, Loren Scott, pictured with him inset, had hanged herself. Why would you... Why would you put that picture on the front page of a newspaper? Oh, I know why, to sell it. Who are you helping? Who are you helping by putting that picture on? No one at all. There's a 70-year-old man, his girlfriend's hanged herself... You've got a picture that claims to be the moment Mick heard that she was dead. You're happy with that being the front page, Daily Mail? Really? Shame on you. 
You're Britain's worst newspaper anyway. But to then go and do that, shame on you. And The Sun, you're not much better either. The Guardian. They've got the story about um, uh, the young lady uh, killing herself, but they've not used such a, uh, an awful photograph. PM pitches to families with childcare cash. Cameron and Clegg offer up to £2,000 per child to support working parents. And there's stuff still going on in uh, Crimea. The independent fashion designer, Lorraine Scott, found dead in New York. Climate change, the official prophecy of doom, leaked. Climate change will displace hundreds of millions of people by the end of this century. I'll be dead by then. The Daily Telegraph, again, Lorraine Scott. Jagger's grief over suicide of girlfriend. World Cup chief and family paid millions by Qatari firm. A senior FIFA official and his family were paid almost $2 million from a Qatari firm linked to the country's successful bid for the 2022 World Cup. Hang on a second. You're not suggesting that bribery and corruption is responsible for the the World Cup being hosted in the future in a completely inappropriate place, are you? I won't have a word of it. Protest over quiet F1 cars is deafening. Formula One racing fans have been left fuming over greener, quieter cars introduced at the Australian Grand Prix. F1 boss Bernie Eccleston was said to be horrified by the lack of noise and demanded they are made to sound more like racing cars as a matter of urgency. The Australian Grand Prix organisers threatened to sue F1 for breach of contract yesterday after one commentator said the new V6 cars sounded more like golf carts. No, 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 you want the... I don't like Formula 1, of course I don't, I'm a sensible person, but you want the screeching. Peter's in Warmer Green. Morning, Peter. Good morning. What would you like to have a whinge about this morning? I would like to have a whinge about the people who start using the term affordable homes, actually. I mean, they use that term, they don't attach their brain to their lip. And it's a meaningless term, so I can't quite understand why no one ever challenges them and asks them what it means. Well, uh, I I can tell you what I mean when I say affordable housing. Well, I'm talking about homes, affordable homes, not affordable housing. Okay, I could tell you what I mean when I use the phrase affordable homes. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Homes that (laughs) are, yeah, yeah, affordable. Uh, huh? Yes, but yes, but yes. If you're a millionaire, a five hundred thousand pound house is affordable. So it, it's meaningless, totally meaningless. Okay, then I will extend the sentence. Yep. Homes that are affordable to everyone. Wow. Well, yes, but what sum of money is that? It's it's meaningless. It's still meaningless. No, it's not. It's not meaningless, Peter. Of course, it, it is. It's not meaningless, Peter. It means that people can afford to buy homes. That people, that you know, kids, you know, in their the kids in their early twenties. I'm yes, so old. But you have to attach a, a figure to that because if you don't, no, you don't. Figure, you don't have to attach. No, you it's don't. Like you saying no. we went to a football match. It's a massive record crowd, but we won't tell you how many there, there, there was there. Well, well, <laughs> I, well, no, but if, if it's a record crowd, then it means there's more people than they've ever had. Yes, but uh, you, you, you've got to tell the volume of people, haven't you? You've got, Why? You've Why? got to give you a definitive answer. If it's, if it, no, you don't, Peter. If it's, if it's a record crowd at a football game, then, then you don't need... It will be helpful to have the figure, but you don't need to have the figure. Well, well uh, then, then, you're, then you're keeping people uninformed. 
<laughs> well, you could go and do some research yourself, Peter. In fact, you could go and do some research and find out what the... That's a challenge for you. Why, why should we be giving you all the information? Go, go and do some work yourself. Go and find out what the previous record was. Well, there is no... And then you can, you can assume it's bigger than that. Yeah, but if you're... If you're bigger than that. To... Bigger than that. OK. If you're talking about affordable homes anyway... Yes. Then... Uh, You've got to be able to define what you, exactly what you mean. No, you don't. Peter, you're being pedantic. and you, you, you be, I, I'm, a, I'm always a sucker for a pedant, but not today, because you're being pedantic about the wrong thing. Affordable housing, you know full well what it means. It means that the uh, average working family could aff- or average working man or working woman could afford to buy a home. You know exactly what that means. Come on, stop being, stop being silly, Peter. I expected better from you. <laughs> I, expect, I expect a higher standard of grumble from you than that, Peter. Well, You've embarrassed I, I, yourself. I don't, I don't do high standard rubble. <laughs> no, I, I know you don't do high standard rubble. What? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound still looking extremely slow after a lorry broke down earlier around Junction 11 for Dunstable. Uh, heavy on the sensors now past Junction 12 for Flitwick. On the M40, we've got reports of an accident around the High Wycombe Handy Cross roundabout. And on the M25, things looking very heavy anti-clockwise between Junction 17 for Maple Cross and 16 for the M40. At the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 southbound is queuing from St Neots. And also on the speed sensors, looking in Hitchin, the A505 and the A602, both very congested as you head towards the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Right, 7.46, it's Tuesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. There are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. That's according to figures obtained by the BBC. And in sports, Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. Coming up, we'll be talking about chuggers and just what you think might have happened to that Malaysian airline uh, plane. But before that, let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, Hearts and Bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. Temperatures at the moment between 6 and 8 degrees. We've got quite a lot of cloud around, but we can expect to see some some brightness first over parts of well, Western Buckinghamshire, I suppose, and then gradually transferring their way eastwards through the morning. So it will brighten up for a time. Always quite a lot of cloud, though. It's never too far away today. Uh, but we should see some more sunshine by the end of the afternoon. It's going to turn quite breezy uh, with a noticeable westerly wind by the end of the day. Uh, so do watch out for that. And we may even see one or two showers just here and there through the late morning first part of the afternoon it's it's not completely out of the question but uh, i think most places will stay dry on the whole just rather cloudy through the middle part of the day top temperatures today only up to 12 or 13 degrees 55 in fahrenheit so not as warm as it has been overnight tonight dry cloudy and mild lows of around six or seven degrees tomorrow is going to feel quite mild again we could get up to 18 or even 19 degrees celsius somewhere across the three counties tomorrow so feeling really nice lots of sunshine 
line around and a rather blustery westerly once more. Uh, we can expect Thursday to be quite cloudy and there will be some outbreaks of rain around on Thursday afternoon into the evening. That's the forecast. Thank you very much indeed. Michael, has, uh, I think this is the way forward. How do you change the lyrics of Breaking the Law by Judas Priest? Michael has got in touch on Twitter. Uh, Ian, as a joiner on a building site, I use the Judas Priest song a lot when either hanging a door... <laughs> Fitting a floor <laughs> or using my saw. <laughs> oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. How do you use the Judas Priest song "Breaking the Law"? BBC Three Counties Radio's Big Tour. All this week, our Big Tour is featuring Newport Pagnell, and on Wednesday, I'll be live in the Buckinghamshire town. Roberto Peroni. I'll be based at the Middleton Pool, where I'll find out what the town council has planned for the future of the pool. I'll also be meeting the mayor and finding out about all the history Newport Pagnell has to offer. It's all about where you live. Come down and say hello on Wednesday afternoon, or listen to it all right here. BBC Three Counties Radio's Big tour of beds, hearts, and bucks. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, well, I'm making myself chuckle. I do apologise. Very quickly, very quickly, uh, on the subject of this uh, mil- missing Malaysian aeroliner, aeroliner, aeroplane, airliner. I oh, know, plane. Uh, we're asking for your theories th- today on what you think is happening. The story is so ridiculous, it's so fantastical, that I'm not a fan of conspiracy theories, but do you know what? I'm open to them today. A great email from Ron in Seymour. Uh, Ron Seymour in Stevenage. He's given this a lot of thought, hasn't He's he? given it a lot of thought. And, and, Ron, I appreciate this, and I pray to God that what you're suggesting isn't true. Oh. But you hear it and you go, oh, yeah, that could work. Ian, having gone to so much trouble to become invisible, it's clear the pilot wanted to land the plane. I'm surprised the following scenario has not been considered. One, land the plane in a sympathetic country. Two, strip out all the seats and remove the cargo. Three, install extra fuel containers and rig to existing tanks. Four, load the plane with explosive or dirty fuel. Five, fly the plane under a rad- under radar to target a city and crash. I do hope this is not the intention, but it must be considered. Now... Two days into this, you'd have gone, oh, Ron, for goodness sakes, grow up. Where are we now? Ten days, 11 days, 12 days? You go, oh, gosh, I hope not. It's not impossible. No. Dear, it's terrible. 08459 555 I don't normally do this. I don't like conspiracy theories. Guess what? Princess Diana died because she was being driven by a drunk Frenchman too fast. She wasn't wearing a seatbelt. The Twin Towers, some terrorists hijacked some planes and flew them in there. That was it. This Malaysian aeroplane? I don't know. Anything is possible. 08459 455 555. You will not be laughed out of town with any of your theories on this this morning. Talking about being laughed out of town, though, chuggers. They could be on their way out of certain parts of Watford. Goodness sakes. Charity collectors, you've seen them. They stand there with a clipboard and big smiles on their face and they try and get you to give them uh, their, your, your bank details. Well, Watford, is, uh, Watford Council is considering a ban. Justin Dealey, you've been in Watford this morning, haven't you? Oh, Justin? 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 Justin's not there. We'll get to, uh, we'll get to Justin. Well, I know that Justin's been out in Watford and he, uh, he spoke to some people to find out their opinions on chuggers. Well, this is what they had to say. Morning, sir. How bad is it round here for chuggers? It's full on. There's plenty every day. 
whether it be for uh, Red Cross, cancer, whatever, that every day there's loads of them. And how do they make you feel? Awkward, a bit uncomfortable. I don't know, I find it difficult to walk past them. But you have to, kind of, otherwise you'd be giving out all day, every day. I mean, would you ever donate to these people? Uh, I have done. and you On know, the street? On the street, yeah, I signed up for Red Cross once. But um, I was kind of put in a position where I felt as though I had to, and I don't do it anymore. Should they be banned, yes or no? Uh, I'd say yes. I mean, there's too many, too many of them as they are, and they're just a nightmare, to be honest. So it's a serious problem here, then? Yeah, it is a serious problem here. I mean, especially up, up there where you've got Burger King and everywhere else. They hang about and they, they harass you. They don't leave you alone. It is a serious problem in Watford, yeah. Well, Anne, we're here in, in Watford this morning on the high street. Just how bad is this high street when it comes to, to chuggers? Oh, God. It's a nightmare because you get, get it all down that end... And if it, you're walking along and they're right in your face, sort of thing. Well, quite aggressive? Yeah, they do. They try to pressure you to mm. to uh, donate and whatever. Yeah, they're here every day. Do you donate to charity yeah. anyway? Yeah, yeah. Who do you donate to? The hospice. OK. Yeah. That's your choice, though, isn't it? Yes. You thought about that decision. Well, I used to work for them, so... Yeah. <laughs> so you've got a connection. That's right. So these people on the streets here, are they almost yeah. giving the charities they're representing a bad name, a bad I reputation? So. yeah, yeah. I mean, if they were to be banned, would you have a big smile on your face? Yes. <laughs> Putting it bluntly, thank you very much. It's OK, bye. Well, Peter Maple is a director of charity fundraising courses at London South Bank University. Peter, nobody likes the chuggers, do they? Well, I think street canvassing, uh, if it's overdone, uh, becomes uh, self-defeating. Clearly, people aren't going to um, stop and talk to the canvassers and, and, and sign up. But the fact is, when it's done properly... Uh, regulated by the public fundraising authority along with the local councils, uh, it, it works. People do uh, stop and support the charities that they want to support. What do you, how do you define being done properly? Well, I think it's very important that councils don't just introduce uh, wide-scale bans. I think the usual uh, uh, increasing way of behaving is to, for the uh, local authority to, to be proactive and work with the public fundraising authority who regulate the street canvassing uh, industry. Uh, and that, that then means that only one or two uh, charities uh, in, any, in any one area or... In, but those, any, one or two charities, one those one or two charities might have four or five people and they're annoying and they're, they're well, unpleasant. why are they annoying? Because, they're, because they keep coming up to me and talking to me. They keep smiling at me. They keep trying to uh, in, indulge me in conversation and uh, they, they get in the way. They stand in front of you. They try and offer you their hand to give you a handshake. Do you, do you have a problem with uh, people doing market research in the street? I cannot remember the last time I saw someone doing market research in the street. Okay, because clearly... Uh, I've not seen anyone doing market research for about face. 30 years. A street canvasser who's in your face isn't actually going to uh, get you to sign but up. But all, all of the street canvassers I've seen mm. do that. They dance in front of you. Good morning, sir. Are you having a nice day? What have you got? No, I don't want to stop and talk to you. I want to get on with my life. I, I, don't want, I don't want to give you my bank details, you being a stranger. I don't want to pay your wages, because also, if I'm giving money to the charity... A significant portion of that is going to pay them, isn't it? But if you don't want to do it, then you shouldn't do it. You should be able to smile at them and say, no thanks, I've made my decision. How many times do I have to smile at them as I walk down the high street? It can be three, four, five, six times. I don't want well, people that's dancing that's in front of me. too many canvases in the street. I guarantee this morning, I don't guarantee, let's put it out there, 
Is there anybody out there who enjoys the uh, street canvases, the chuggers? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Peter, are you saying you've never seen the irritants? You've never seen the oh, annoying ones? Of course, uh, I've been stopped by canvases, and with a professional interest, I'm interested to see how they're doing it uh, and who who they're actually working for. Uh, and occasionally, people who are not fully trained or not fully regulated try too hard, but it's counterproductive. That's not what gets people to sign up. What gets people to sign up is where there is a resonance. That's a cause I've been meaning to do something about. Yeah, I will do it. And do and you know what people actually do? Uh, charities wouldn't do it unless it, it, it worked and was effective in, in garnering long-term support. If I, give, um, uh, if I sign up to one of these chuggers, how much of what I'm giving goes to pay their wage? Well, I mean, it varies because they're paid uh, an hourly ra- uh, wage. They're not paid on commission, contrary to popular opinion. And so... Because uh, I don't want to pay their wage. I want to give the money straight to the charity. I don't, I don't want to pay some out-of-work drama student to, to mess around in a tabard. Well, fundraising costs money, whether you're actually doing a London marathon or whether you're signing a direct debit in the street. You know, fundraising costs money. So there is, there is an investment that the charity makes that uh, need, needs some money in order to uh, get long-term support. That has to be recognised, um, and it, it's the same. And street canvas, you know, is as cost-effective as, as most other forms. Peter, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Peter Maple, Director of uh, Charity Fundraising Courses. Uh, did you say that Justin was there? Is it Justin turned up in there? He's gone now, has he? Oh, OK. Well, let's put it out there. Peter thinks if it's done properly... Uh, then, then the, the people enjoy the, uh, the 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 chuggers. Is there anybody out there that actually likes them? Am I being a little bit harsh on them? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I do worry for the poor suckers. I mean, the people that are stopped and give them their bank details. I do worry that sometimes there's a little bit of undue pressure. And have you ever had the thing, Catherine? I've had this. No, I'm not giving any money today. And then under their breath, they say something. Yeah. So what did you say? Nothing. You you just swore at me under your breath, didn't you? No. I've had that a couple of times. They look at us and see pound signs. Yeah. And it's not just for the charity. Hey, Mr. TV man. Hey, Mr. Someone once said, hey, Mr. TV man, you must have loads of money. How would you like to help some sick children in Africa? I wouldn't. Or I'll sit at home and I'll consider my charitable giving in a sober and careful <laughs> manner. You say sober, Catherine, let's be honest. No, but you know what I mean? It's not just about who visits you or who bugs no. you the most. You've got to think about who you want to give your money to. Kelly Betts? A chugger was collecting for a blind charity when I walked past and he was like, hey, can I just stop you? Uh, can you give some money to the blind charity? And I said, I'm so sorry. I'm just literally on my way to see my friends. And he went, oh, see your friends. You can see your friends, can you? <sighs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> it's ridiculous. There was a woman when I lived in North London who was blind, completely blind. And every day I would see her walk from her home up to the shops. It must have been two or three miles on her own, completely blind, couldn't see a thing. I once had to go and help her because she got a bit confused. And I seen her collecting for the blind charity in like in North London and also in Waterloo, bizarrely. And I went up to in Waterloo and said, oh, I see you in, in Muswell Hill. I gave her some money because she was, you know, she was kind of involved. She wasn't doing it for her own gain. She was doing it because she believed in the charity. And someone who you ask about the charity, they'll tell you about their experience rather than yeah. reading from a script. Yeah. Oh eight four five. Are we being too harsh on these chuggers? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Do you like them? Do you think they do a good job? If you've ever been one, I would love to speak to you this morning. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
The M1 southbound still slow because a lorry broke down earlier just after Junction 11 for Dunstable, looking heavy to Junction 12 for Flittick. And in Hitchin on the speed sensors, the A505 and A602 are both extremely congested at the moment, approaching the centre of town. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. So, chuggers, conspiracy theories about this aeroplane and all kinds of stuff coming up. 08459 455555. More of your calls after the news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock. The headlines, mother criticises Bedford Hospital. Thousands of new homes still not built and shock defeat for Luton Town. BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. The hospital says they are providing all the necessary care and treatment, including referral to specialist units and open access to the Riverbank unit. But Kirsty Abrahams from Bedfordshire told this programme... Her seven-week-old daughter Isabel had been seen by ten different consultants who had all given her conflicting information. One will say, yeah, we'll keep you in and we'll do these tests in the morning. And then a new doctor comes in in the morning and they say, no, we're not going to do that, we're going to discharge you. We're just confused with it all and no-one seems to want to take charge. Figures obtained by the BBC show there are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. Areas affected include Watford, North Hearts and St Albans. In central Bedfordshire there are more than 7,000 such homes but Councillor Nigel Young says that's due to market forces. The market dictates the speed at which homes are built and I think Wixom's is an example. Over the last five years... The house builder has only built out 95 homes a year. The government has announced that a scheme offering parents help with the costs of childcare being introduced in autumn 2015 is to be expanded. Families with both parents in work will be able to claim up to £2,000 of support every year for each child under 12. Police are trying to identify a man who grabbed a 13-year-old girl in Dunstable. After a struggle, the girl managed to get away. More from Gail Sanderson. Bedfordshire police say the incident happened just before half past eight last Wednesday as she was walking to school along Union Street. The man tried to drag her up the road but she managed to break free and raise the alarm. He's described as tanned in his late 20s or early 30s with chubby cheeks. He was wearing a black woolen hat with a bobble and blue fluffy gloves. Sainsbury's has reported its first fall in sales for nine years. Like for like sales, excluding fuel, dropped by three. in the 10 weeks to the 15th of March. The company blamed a fall in food prices, the late Easter and unseasonable weather. The Rolling Stones have cancelled the first concert of their tour of Australia after the death of Sir Mick Jagger's long-term girlfriend, Lorraine Scott. The body of the fashion designer, who was 49, was found in her apartment in New York yesterday. It's emerged that Miss Scott's fashion company was heavily in debt. In sport, Luton Town have lost their first league game for six months. Shot from Murtagh, hits the bar and then put it to the back of the net. Woking have scored it. 
was a fantastic shot from Murtar. Giuseppe Sol has put the ball into the back of the net. With three and a half minutes remaining, it's Luton nil, Woking 1. That goal ended the Hatters' unbeaten run of 27 conference games, but John Still's side are still 14 points clear. The weather, a chance of light rain and drizzle this morning, but brighter this afternoon, feeling cooler, a maximum temperature 12 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I've been in Newport Pagel since 1978. Inviting everyone to where you live. Up by the river, there are steps down to the water and you can see fish. All this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell. You've got us here as the greengrocers, you've got the local butchers. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm just ordering some Divine Comedy CDs off of uh, the old internet. A penny each, a penny each. Set and bargain, I say. Right, lots to talk about between now and JVS at nine o'clock, including, well, what have we got coming up? We'll be talking more. Um, about chuggers. Is there anybody out there that likes chuggers? Those people that approach you in the street asking for your bank details while they tell you a very sad story about a blind child? Surely they're the most irritating thing in the world, aren't they? And also, I'm fascinated by this Malaysian plane. I know you've probably talked it to death, but I kind of missed it being away at the weekend. I've, I've, I've missed all the stories. I come back and it turns out that the, the newspapers can print any old tosh they want about it. They're printing conspiracy theories as though they are fact. Well, I'll open this up. I don't normally do this. I don't like conspiracy theories. I think, sadly, most things happen as they are presented to us. But what do you think's happened to this Malaysian airplane? 08459... Four double five five double five is the phone number. Facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Or you can send me a text. 81333. Start your text 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, a local mother is worried Bedford Hospital are leaving her in the dark about her baby daughter's condition. Kirsty Abraham, seven-week-old, has been poorly since birth, but has yet to undergo a scan on a bowel obstruction and a possible hole in the heart. Well, the hospital insists it's following uh, correct procedure, but Kirsty, who's a mum of three, is just as convinced that something needs to be done urgently. Well, Joanne Hughes is the founder of the charity Mother's Instinct. Morning, Joanne. Good morning. Mother's Instinct, what is it? The charity. It, it, well, it's, it's a patient and support group and a campaign group, um, and it was founded on the basis of, sadly, um, a group of mothers who have lost their children um, due to parental concerns not being listened to um, in the main part. So, obviously, um, we sympathise wholly with uh, Kirsty. We hope we can help her. So, you're, are you part of this charity because you lost someone? Yeah, my daughter Jasmine, I lost her in 2011. And um, I have to say, some of the, the things that Kirsty's been talking about, about different people being yeah. involved, handovers, 
being told one thing one day that tests are going to be done and then the next day plans changing. It certainly rings bells with me um, and I'd love to be able to try and help her because I can understand what she's going through. I, I was in a very similar situation. I'm so sorry for your loss. The loss yeah. of a child has, has got to be one of the worst the worst things. If you don't mind me asking, with the, with the situation, you were kind of pushing for things and the hospital were resisting, yeah. were they? Um, well, I was... Um, my, my daughter had um, neurological signs and symptoms and we were in a similar situation. We, we were told we were going to have a scan the next day and then we had to wait. Now, we only had to wait a couple of weeks, but on reflection, the hospitals post her death commented that actually the plan that was made initially by the doctor who actually saw Jasmine should have been followed to and there wasn't really any sensible reason why those plans changed. So it, they, they recognised over and above, overall that, that communication failures had occurred with handovers, too many people seeing the child, people not recognising deterioration because they hadn't seen the child twice. And, and not listening to parental concerns. And one of the things I've picked up from, from Kirsty's story is that, you know, she's saying Adam Brooks have asked for the child to be referred to the medical team and to her knowledge this hasn't been done. She needs to basically be saying to Bedford, show me the referral. Yeah. And she needs to be ringing Adam Brooks and saying they haven't done it and speak directly to the medical team there herself and express her concerns. If she's very, very concerned, um, she talked about... Um, early doors, how, how severely concerned she was about her daughter. If, if she's genuinely feeling that way, then she needs to get that communicated. Is there a danger, Joanne, that by being... Who's that in the background? That's my new son, Benjamin. He's how... seven months. Oh, my goodness. Tell Benjamin to be quiet. Hush, Benjamin. Shush. Shush. He sounds a very happy young man. Is there a danger, Joanne, that if you are too pushy... Yeah. The hospital might start going, oh, for goodness, oh, it's that pushy woman again. Oh, look, put, put, put her to the back of the queue. We're not bothered with her. Is, is, uh, there, is there a uh, danger that might uh, happen? Absolutely. And I think that's where you, you, you need to make a clear plan before you make a phone call or go into the hospital. You need to be level-headed and calm. Make a list of, of your concerns and ask questions that, that can be answered um, and make sure that you've got those answers to your satisfaction when you go home in, in a calm and sensible way. Um, and... I think that any hospital, certainly with the advice that we have for parents on our website, and I would advise Kirsty to have a look, mothersinstinct.co.uk, that's been developed with, with the help of paediatricians. And, they, and, you know, that's one of the things that they say, you know, sometimes they don't pick up on the level of concern of a mother because perhaps she's not communicating clearly and she just seems frazzled. Um, but I can certainly help Kirsty to put together a list of things and actions um, that we can perhaps put to Bedford Hospital in, in, a, in a calm way just to get those questions answered so that she feels she understands the plan and it makes sense for her daughter. Well, Joan, we'll certainly pass on your details to Kirsty. Thank Kirstie, you very much. And I appreciate your time. Now, go, go, what have you got planned today for young Benjamin? <laughs> I guess it'll be the usual play groups, naps and uh, messy feed times for us today. Play groups, <laughs> naps and messy feed times. <laughs> I'm, I, do you know, I've got my two boys today. They're a little bit older. They're four and two. And I was kind of yeah. looking forward to hanging out and playing with them because I've not seen them all weekend. Yeah. I've just had an email. They're both... Well, they're both puking up at home, so uh -oh. I'm, I'm going to have a miserable day of wiping up and looking up. Never mind. Enjoy your day, Joanna. Thank you very much for your time. Cheers now. Bye-bye. There we go. That's uh, Joanne Hughes from the uh, charity Mother's Instinct, who tried to uh, work to improve communication between hospitals and parents. We did contact... Bedford Hospital yesterday about this case. They didn't have anyone available to speak to us this morning, but in a statement they said, Mrs Abrahams and her husband have been given open access to Riverbank Unit where they can speak to a clinician directly. They can also continue to contact our PALS team if they would like to discuss Isabel's care further. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Mark's emailed in. Ian, I must admit, The Missing Plane is a good subject for a film, film script. I don't do fantasy things either, but would say, in a month's time, if there's no sign of it, I imagine it will go into the history books as The Missing Plane of 2014 and remain so. I guess partly why we're so fascinated by it is we, we, we is because of Lost and things like that. We want We want it to be something fantastical, mythical, mystical. It won't be. It'll be someone messed up. Something technical happened, or, or some very, very naughty people have got it. I am keen to hear your theories, though, on what has happened to this aeroplane. Did the co-pilot send a coded message just before it kind of went off air? Has it been taken? Has it been taken? How could you lose an aeroplane? Papers are saying if it flew below 5,000 feet, then the radar wouldn't have picked it up. 08459 455 555 on the subject of chugging. Julian Leighton Buzzard has texted him. Oh, hang on a second. Let's, uh... Let me just quickly read this email from Jim about the aeroplane before we go. It's, it's literally just come in. Ian, I think that the Malaysian authorities have got their heads so fast back up their bottoms they don't know where to look for the aeroplane. They have military radar, yet first they look close to Vietnam. Now they're looking on the complete opposite side of the country, close to Indonesia. Surely some kind of alarm must have gone off to say that, hey, hello, a flipping big 777 is flying over the country and nobody seems to have clocked on to the fact it doesn't have a transponder. However, that said, this is the country that found the former, oh dear, Deputy Prime Minister guilty of something very, very naughty. I would not trust a word that came out of any of the officials' mouths during their, so, their daily so-called press conferences. Jim, what are, you, are you saying that the Malaysian government is involved in this somehow? They know something about it. Text, Ian, I was stopped by a lady who had a charity sign up, uh, charity sign up desk set up just before the exit of a large toy retailer. I just completed the big toy shop for Christmas, but before I could leave the store, I had to run the gauntlet and explain to this woman why I couldn't sign up with bank details for her, but I just spent my hard-earned money five minutes earlier. Give me a chugger on the pavement any day over that pressure. Jake and Luton. I think it, it's the fact it's obvious they don't have any connection to the charity they are collecting for. It makes it feel fake and cynical and puts me right off. And Stephen and Milton Keynes, who is this Peter? Peter was uh, uh, our uh, uh, charity expert. Peter, uh, let me just get his full title so I, I get this right so we know. Peter Maple, Director of Charity Fundraising Courses at uh, London South Bank University. Uh, who is this Peter? He was talking rubbish. The chuggers are not hourly paid. They will get about two to three times the monthly payment. Stephen and Milton Keynes. If you have been a chugger, or a member of your family has, I would love to talk to you this morning. 08459 455 555. How do you get paid? And what's it like from your side? We're talking about people hating you and how annoying you are. What do you think of the public when they're walking past you, being rude to you? 08459. Four double five five double five is the, uh, the the telephone number if you want to give us a call. Kelly Betts, you would you uh, you you would never give money to a chugger. You don't seem the sort that would give money to a chugger. I would never give money to a chugger. Did you say? I don't know. Would you? I have. Have you? Yeah. When? Lots of times. How many times? Probably three. There was a point that I was giving to so giving away to so many charities that I would get overdrawn each month. <laughs> well, that's just stupid, isn't it? I know. It? I know. That's really ridiculous. But but you you gave it to people you 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 signed up to people in the street. Mhm. Yeah. Well, how did they they win you over? You look quite sensible. I know you 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 know you come across <laughs> as dizzy and I scatty. I was young. 
Oh, All the kids were doing it. I was young and I I learned why they were involved in that charity and some yeah. of them one one of them was a homeless charity yeah. and that person had been homeless. He said, yeah. He said. Yeah. And I was talking to him about how his life was and what it's like now yeah. and I connected with him and thought, "Do you know what? I'm going to give you wow. some money." Well, good for you. I wish that I just gave him money. Yeah. Or gave a homeless person in the street money instead of signing up to a charity. There are other ways, aren't there, Catherine, that charities can be uh, annoying. Phone calls. You, you, turning you get, up on the front door. You get people turning up at the front yeah. door. I just find it... I, I don't sign anything. I don't do business in the street. I don't do business on the front doorstep. And I really <laughs> I find it annoying that they would come to my house and push that kind of form yeah. in my face. And, and they come quite late. It. I've had them come like half eight, yeah. like nine o'clock in the past. I, I don't open the door after eight o'clock. That's kind of my... Uh, oh, how old-fashioned. <laughs> Why? That's, that's kind of my... I'm at home, it's eight o'clock. I'm, normally I'm in bed at eight o'clock, yeah. to be honest. But no, they, they come, sometimes come at nine o'clock at night. You Catch think, you by surprise. You goodness open the door. Don't worry, I'm not selling anything. OK, then bye. Yeah, <laughs> see you later, because I, I wanted to buy something. Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five eight sixteen. Let's get the travel with Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, one lane is blocked between Junction 12 for the M3 and 11 for Chertsey after an accident. Queues going back to Junction 13 for Staines at the moment. Also, the M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And the M1 southbound still struggling between Junction 12 for Flittick and 11 for Dunstable. In Hitchin on the speed sensors, the A602 really congested today. There are queues between the A1M and the centre of Hitchin. In Gosmore, Parkway has temporary traffic lights at Charlton Road and delays are expected there at peak times. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.17, it's Wednesday the 18th of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. Figures obtained by the BBC show there are thousands of new homes across beds, hearts and bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. And in sport, Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. Newsreader Simon Oxley is now starting to panic as it's looking more likely he'll owe me £5. BBC Three Counties Radio. Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. I like behind the church where you can walk round through the back of the church, right round over the broad walk there. Inviting everyone to where you live. We've been here as a family business for 40 years, selling to the high street. And all this week, we're featuring Newport Pagnell. There are lots of places you can see the sense of community. For instance, the Methodist Church just up here has a coffee morning. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Come and enjoy the hospitality. There's always a smiling face. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks featuring Newport Patnell, BBC Three Counties Radio. I couldn't, I couldn't live in America. They Could are, you nod? They are nuts. I mean, I, I got to... I, I, where I've been at the weekend, very geeky, I went to a monkeys convention, the pop group, and I, I was... Hey, hey! Those are the guys. Uh, and I uh, was was asked to show some rare videos and then appear on a... I, they asked me to appear on a panel of experts. And I said, look, that's very kind of you, but I'm not really an expert. 
They said, oh, oh, honey, we don't care. We just love your accent. You get up there and say what you like. And it was there was lots of that. But but Americans are nuts. And I, after I showed these videos, these Rare Monkeys videos, some guy came up to me. I just want to say I really enjoyed your uh, video presentation. Uh, here's a letter. Would you mind reading this later on? Yeah, sure. Thanks very much. I put the letter in my pocket. And the next day I found it. I thought, oh, what is this letter? And it's all about how I'm, I'm a sinner and I need to repent and turn to, turn oh, to God, God, otherwise I'm going to burn forever. So thanks, thanks, mate. Nice one. Cheers. Thanks well, a lot. They, he was just trying to save your soul. Little did he realise it's far too late for that. Far too late. My soul is, is exactly. long gone. I had a lot of fun, although Americans are weird. What's on your show? <laughs> they are. I think we can say that's not, that's not offensive. They are weird. No? Okay. All of them, without exception, are potty. Right. Yes. Okay. Um, what's on your show this morning? Coming up on this morning's big phone, we're talking about this, uh, this childcare figure. Oh, I'm yes. I'm quite surprised by this. Very expensive. The government has set out plans to expand the scale and scope of the help it intends to offer parents with the cost of childcare. From the autumn of next year, families with children under 12 with two working parents will be offered up to £2,000 per child per year. Downing Street has estimated that just under 2 million families will benefit. Well, on the big phone-in from nine this morning, I want to hear your views on this. Do you think working parents should get £2,000 a year for childcare? Does that seem like a very good use of public money? Uh, We were just working this out. We're talking probably billions of pounds here. Yep. Billions. If two million parents are eligible for this uh, potential two thousand pound cost per child, that's a huge amount. That's a lot of but money. Is it worth it? I mean, a lot of the, we're not talking about these this two thousand pounds going to the poorest people. We're talking about this two thousand pounds going to all kinds of couples who work and have children. Well, is it a good use of public money, yes or no? I'd love to hear your views on 08459 455 555 from 9. The, I, I can see kind of two sides to this. It will hopefully encourage more people to work, which is what, you know, the people who can't work because they can't afford childcare, that, that you know, they will work and that will generate money for the, the, the country. But I do also think if you can't afford kids then don't have kids. Don't oh, have kids. Controversial. It, it's, it, it, <laughs> controversial, how can you? Because it's expensive. And, you know, you can't have kids just because you want kids. You've got to do the maths and work it out. And if you can't afford it, then you shouldn't have them. But are you, are you then saying that, that only kind of quite well-off people can have children? Yes. Oh, that's you, not very like you. <laughs> yes, I have. What's got, going on with you? You've got sixty thousand. What's happened to you in America? You've become a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> they make a good point. No, I'm not saying that. But I do think you have to do you have to do the maths a little bit. And you, 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 children are very very expensive. And um, yeah, if you can't afford them, jog on. Go All on. right. Well, we'll see if people agree with you. From nine, do you think working parents should get two thousand pounds a year for childcare? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Does it sound like I'm bunged up, Catherine? A little bit, yeah, you've I, got the aeroplane nose. I've got, well, I, I've become addicted to Vicks Sinex. I have. It's, uh, and people have told me this before, when I get a cold, I've been using Vicks Sinex now conti- continually for... Th- Three months. What? See, I, I have like one or two bottles of that a week. And the, this inhaler, the one you put up your nose, or the rub. The inhaler. Why is that funny? The rub would take. Wow, if you're getting through two pots of that a week. That's what I was thinking. I don't think I've ever used. I don't think I've ever used any form of Vicks up. Have you? 
No, it sits not... around in your cupboard for years. No, I, 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 I just rattle through that stuff. And the, the people have said to me, it's it kind of it's self-defeating. So if you use it... You become dependent upon it. You become it. dependent. And you need to kind of have like a three, four, five days where you don't use it and your, your nasal columns reset themselves. Right, like lip balm. Yeah, yeah like lip balm. A little bit like... Lip balm is, is addictive, yeah. They put stuff in it so that your lips then dry up and you need to have more of it. That's so clever. Aren't they good? These Evil. Pharmacists. Um, but so I, this is why I can't... I left my Vicks at home. Right, OK. I need to have two bottles of it. No, 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 you don't need it. I do need it. No, you don't need it. You think Listen you need to me. It. Listen to me. You think you need it. Think how much better your life will be when you are free. I don't want to be free. I saw um, uh, The World's End on the aeroplane. You know the Simon Pegg film? I'm aware of it, yes. It was, was filmed in Letchworth. This is why, yeah, I know, I know. It was all right. Good. I saw another film that was not all right. What? Um, the the the, jo- the Cohen brothers film about the folk singer. Oh, that's disappointing. It was rubbish. And then I saw. Um, can I say Kickass? You just did. I saw the sequel to Kickass. Kickass Two. I've said it three times now. It's brilliant. I love it. I lo- I do like those films. I've never seen any of them. Oh, the first. Yeah, they're good. They sound like uh, silly films. They are really silly. But that's what makes them so wonderful. But you know why I'm really jealous? Go on. You sat through three entire films on a plane. That's right, David. Without anyone jumping on your knee. Yeah, yeah. Or trying to fall asleep on you. Yeah. Or taking the armrest. All right, calm down now. You've got, you got the idea. You, you, you're, you're miserable. It's just flying with kids, isn't it? Oh, wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Earlier on, we were uh, speaking uh, to Kirsty Abrahams, who's got a seven-week-old daughter, Isabel, who's been poorly since birth. Uh, Fiona's in Bedford. Morning, Fiona. Good morning. What would you like to say on this? Um, comment because when I first heard the story the first thing that went through my mind was Hirschsprungs. Um, I was a student nurse many years ago at Great Ormond Street and worked with many children who had Hirschsprungs. And as much as it's not a common condition it is widely known within the medical profession so I I would be very very concerned if 10 consultants that this baby has seen have overlooked this fact. I cannot imagine that they haven't considered this, and I suspect they've just um, written it off because they think that it quite doesn't fit the bill. I, it, it's a tough... I, I've never even heard of this disease until until this morning when you're the third person to phone in and, uh, and mention it. But you, you, sometimes hospitals do make mistakes and do miss things, don't they? Uh, ab- absolutely, yes. But I think that it, it's one of those conditions that would flag up in their head straight away that they would consider... And if they uh, haven't mentioned it and haven't carried on doing biopsies, then I, I suspect that they've decided that it's, it's not, not that. Kirsty would, would be well within her rights to go to the doctor and say, look, someone's mentioned this, this condition. Could you look into it, please? Oh, yes, oh, yeah. definitely. And, you know, and then they could explain why they think otherwise. But, you know, yes, you like you say, occasionally things are missed, but it would be absolute negligence if they if they hadn't considered it, I would say. Fiona, thank you very much. I appreciate your call. Catherine, I've been reminded of something. We need to get vegetarian Ian on the phone today. All right, OK. His, his time is up. I think he's already jumped the gun a bit. He's been surviving on fried eggs. He's, he sounds so miserable. Yeah. So, well, I, I'm going back to vegetarianism for a while while I consider, yeah, while I consider my options. Why did you decide to go back? Because I was eating some right hog rubbish in America. Jeez, I went. I, I, the food in this is. I was in a hotel in the middle of nowhere, and you could only eat in their restaurant. And I had a, a, a forty dollars steak that really was not. Yeah, that was not that pleasant. Then I had some stuffed pork. That's, that's pig, isn't it? Yeah, yeah they it stuffed it. Well, like oatmeal and stuff. Mm. And that was um, um, unpleasant. I had a lot of. I had too many sausages. 
And the American bacon, what is that about? It's very sweet. Everything's slightly sweet, isn't it? Yeah. The, well, the bacon's like crispy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just was just shoving meat in my face. All weekend, I was in this hotel, and I just could I was getting meat in my face and just shoving it in my face. Yeah. Just grabbing meat willy-nilly and shoving it in my mouth. Did you get the meat sweats? I got, I, I got sweaty, yeah. I got very, very uncomfortable. I just couldn't stop. I had my, my head down, just noshing on sausages, and it was ridiculous. But is it, is it meat that's done that, or is it just your binge eating? Because maybe you just need to get back to not eating like an American. <laughs> maybe. Maybe, I don't know. But I said I was going to do it for two weeks. I've done it for two weeks. I teed I at the low point. was in the airport, New, New, JFK Airport, yesterday morning. Uh, to six o'clock in the morning. Ten o'clock your time, guys. And the only thing that was open was a McDonald's. Right. And I had, like, um, a, a bacon and egg burger and a coffee and a milkshake from McDonald's. Oh. And I thought, this is basically, I am now a homeless person um, d- drinking meths and smoking <laughs> crack in a car park now. Okay. Is there anything that you've missed about being a vegetarian? Um, I've missed feeling lethargic and depressed. Missed that a lot. Looking forward to that returning. Can I just say to you, when I went to stay with my sister in America, yeah. I really, really longed for something green and fresh because you ask for vegetables and they don't oh, give you... Vegetables. They don't give you no, massive or decent don't. portions of veg. You they say, can I, have a, can I have a broccoli with that? And they'll give you one broccoli yeah. spear. Maybe it's just you need to rebalance. <laughs> How did you get an innuendo out of broccoli spears, Kelly? <laughs> <laughs> How did you get an innuendo out of that? <laughs> She's really missed you. Have you? Yeah, a bit. That's nice to know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five five. Let's get Ian on the show for the last half hour. He he can stop. He was the vegetarian while I was being a meat eater. I've gone back to vegetarianism for a bit while I consider my options and work out uh, which way uh, I want to go. Uh, Martin says, uh, Carpet Martin says, my reply to Chuggers is. Oh. <laughs> Have you, have you seen this? Have you seen what Carpet Martin? Carpet Martin, my reply to Chuggers is usually. Sorry, love, I don't even stop for the fit ones. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. In Hitchin on the speed sensors, the A602 still very slow between the A1M and the centre of town heading towards the centre of Hitchin. And in Luton, the A6 is slow going after an earlier accident at the Cranley Gardens. On speed sensors in Bletchley, standing way looking slow as you head towards Milton Keynes. And the Black Cat roundabout, the A1 is queuing from Little Paxton to approach the roundabout southbound. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Glossop, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Nearly two million working families could benefit from a tax-free childcare allowance worth up to £2,000 per child. Ministers first announced the scheme last year, but it will now be brought in earlier than expected and parents will be able to claim an extra £800 a year. A mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. The hospital says they are providing all the necessary care and treatment, including referral 
Channel 2 specialist units. And figures obtained by the BBC show there are thousands of new homes across Beds, Hearts and Bucks which have planning permission but which haven't been built. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking at Kenilworth Road. The Hatters conceded an 87th-minute goal to end an unbeaten run of 27 conference games. But John Still's side are still 14 points clear. We were 14 points in front, got two tough away games out of the way, Salisbury and uh, Cambridge, and got 15 points in front. It's fantastic. But today we haven't played well enough to win. Unfortunately in football, whoever you are, it happens now and again and it happens for us uh, this evening. Tonight in League Two, Wickham go to Cheltenham, Wanderers are three places and three points above the relegation zone. Manager Gareth Ainsworth says Stephen Craig is pushing for a place up front after impressing as a substitute in Saturday's defeat at York. Gives me a lot of selection headaches now, not really headaches because you know you come in and you play a game and, and you've got to you've got to try and keep hold of your shirt. So uh, you know, Stevie will uh, I'll think he's done enough now and, and and rightly so, you know, he's uh, he's come on and he's showed me stuff that he was doing earlier in the season. And there's full commentary on Wickham at Cheltenham in tonight's Three Counties Sport from Seven. In the Champions League, Chelsea host Galatasaray tonight in the second leg of their last 16 tie. It's one all after the first leg in Turkey. In Conference South, Boreham Wood drew one all with Farnborough last night. Tonight, Bishop Stortford hosts Concord Rangers. In the Southern League, Premier Division, Biggleswader at Stourbridge. Burnham go to Totten. And in Rugby League, Hamill Staggs will find out today who they'll face in the Challenge Cup fourth round. The Stags won their third round tie on Sunday. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) I just see what you've typed on the screen. Uh, I, for two weeks, I've been uh, eating the meat. I've given up eating the meat, eating the meat, <laughs> eating the meat, eating the meat. Dear me. And uh, I've given up vegetarianism. I've gone back to being a vegetarian while I consider my option. But to, to redress the balance, we recruited another Ian, to, who is a heavy meat eater, loves eating the meat, to be a vegetarian. Morning, Ian. Good morning. How are you? I'm fine. And you've done very, very well. It's been a struggle. I, I know, you've been posting pictures on Twitter of your food, and it's basically eggs. Yeah, eggs and potato. Eggs and, and egg. potato. Now, last time we spoke, you sounded terrible. You sounded lethargic, <laughs> tired, miserable, depressed. You still sound tired, but there's there's a... I can hear a little hint of optimism in your voice, as you know That's it's coming to an lining. end. yeah, yeah. Have, when was the last time you ate meat? Uh, it was that half a sausage sandwich that I got to eat when last time I spoke to you, so, first time I spoke to you. That, I think that was just under two weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, don't cry. Listen, Ian, <laughs> come in. Your time is up. You can Today, you can stuff your face with as many sausages as you want. You say that, but I'm working in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing here. Oh, well, where where are you? Uh, Gravenhurst. Yeah. Oh, you know okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm aware of Gravenhurst. Okay, right. So there's, you've got no option. I don't know where it is. You're right. I was just, I was bluffing. You've got no option to, um, to get any meat, not even against us or anything. No, I'm going to try and find a McDonald's or something like that. <laughs> you are like someone who's who's been on the wa- an alcoholic who's been on the wagon for five years, and then you're going to go out <laughs> spectacularly with the cheapest bottle of vodka you can find. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Well, Ian, listen. Take a picture of you uh, eating your whatever you get hold of later on. Oh, I will, yeah. And, and, and post, and listen, you've been a really good sport. How, how do you feel physically? I feel 
I do feel tired now, you know. Now you mentioned, no, I mean, I've just feel drained. I just want steak and chicken and everything. Pork a lot. The first time we spoke to you, you were so full of life and so excited <laughs> by this challenge. And now I think we've aged you by about thirty years. I think you have. Yeah, you've I been a good sport, Ian. I, I, I appreciate you you uh, taking this so uh, wholeheartedly on board and having a good crack at it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Take Thank care. you, Ian. Take care. We've nearly killed that poor lad. If anyone can recommend any good meat suppliers near Gravenhurst, <laughs> he, Ian would be really grateful. He doesn't want good meat. He just he just wants anything he can get his hands on. Yeah, if he if he sees a sparrow nearby, he's going to grab that, <laughs> break its neck, and shove it in his gullet hole. Lynn's in Hazelmere. Good morning, Lynn. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, <clears throat> throw your inhaler thing that you shove up your nose away. Oh no, um, don't. I used to be an ENT nurse, and we used to use it. It's really old fashioned. It makes you gag, but it. It really clears your nasal passages and makes you feel better. <laughs> I was keen to see where this goes. Uh, yeah. Boil the kettle. Yeah. Pour it into a little jug. Yeah. Uh, if you want to use, a, you know, those pipette things, you can use that. But yeah. most people just tiny, tiny little bit of washing up liquid. You know, like bubbly, not quite, but, you know, what? in there. Yeah. You sniff that up one nostril. It makes you cough and heave. What? Do the other one, and you will feel so Hang, much better. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. What, what, do you, what do you mean? You, you, you sniff washing up liquid up your nostril? No, not pure washing up liquid. You just put a tiny, not even as much as a, a fingernail, just a, t- a titch in In the there. water? Pour the boiling water into the jug. Yeah. Yes. And then you can either use one of those um, dropper things, you know, that you squeeze the, the top and so, then... you, so you actually physically put it up your nose? Up your nose. Oh, come on, Lynn. No, seriously. Where have you got this nonsense from? <laughs> Well, it's what we used to do on the ward years ago, and it's re- it used to really clear your nose. They what, what, Washing up liquid and boiling water up your nose? Yes, that sounds... Honestly, promise you, it's better than the other stuff you're putting up your nose. And right. Not as toxic. I don't, we don't always have washing up liquid in our house. It comes and goes. I don't know how that works. Oh. Uh, if uh, I will try and get some... To, in fact, I've got to stop off and get some milk and bread on the way home. I will get some washing up liquid, Lynn, and I will give it a go. You uh, will really hate me because you will go... and everything, but I promise your, no, your nasal passages will feel much better. OK, if, if I'm not in tomorrow... <laughs> Expect, <laughs> expect a note from my legal team. <laughs> Lynn, thank you very much. Ah, oh dear, really? Boy, you're a mum. Catherine, would you allow your kids to snort boiling water mixed with um, fairy liquid? Well, I mean, Lynn, Lynn sounds like she's a medical professional. I don't fancy it myself. The 70s and the 80s were nuts when it came to medicine. I remember having uh, um, earache. You used to get earache a lot in the old days. Yeah. And you don't see people walking around with cotton wool in their ears anymore. It's very fashionable in the 70s. And I had earache. And my mum uh, got some... Uh, um, it wasn't olive oil, it was vegetable oil. Uh-huh. And boiled it. Boiling... Vegetable oil. Well, I didn't know you needed to boil it. Yeah, and poured it in my ear, right? The thing is, she had it on a metal spoon, so the <gasps> metal spoon was boiling. It touched my ear, and I scampered under the, the dining table like a, a wounded puppy. Don't try this at home, mums. No, don't. They did used to do mad things in the 70s, didn't they? Well, crazy, crazy stuff. Well, we're finding out. But I was going to say to you, the great thing I found when I had children, you know yes. you can get those um, snot suckers for babies? Yep, 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 Don't yep. use those. They do like a squirty saline thing. It's just salty water. That yeah. clears them out. No problem. Thanks for that tip. You I should w- try that. Get one of those for yourself. I really, really appreciate you said that. Thank you. Peter's on the line. Good morning, Peter. Good morning, Ian. Please be with you, brother. Uh, thank you very much, boss. What, what have you got for me today? Uh, well, number one, nice to hear you back. Thank Glad you. you had a good holiday. I had a lovely time, thank you. Fantastic. Um... 
these uh, chugger people. Yes. Uh, I engage them uh, in conversation when they tap on the door, especially. Yeah. Bore them to tears, they go away, never come back again. Wow, really? And it's the same with uh, uh, the Jehovah's Witnesses, etc., etc., etc. Oh, well, uh, do you know what? I quite like the Jehovah's. Have you noticed? And, I, and this is a genuine, this sounds like I'm being flippant. Have you noticed this, Catherine? This is a genuine observation, right? In the last two or three years, that's three years, the Jehovah's Witnesses are getting hotter. What they, they send around groups of people, and there is normally one very, very handsome man and one very, very beautiful woman in the within this group. Now, this is. Have you not noticed? No, this? not where I live. Have you seen this, Peter? Oh yes, it's going on. It, it's it, psychological. It yes. is going on. They send around beautiful people, so you're more inclined. But I, I quite. I quite enjoy a chat with the Jehovah's. I'm always pleasant to them because they're doing what they think is right. Yeah, I, qu- I, I, qu- I don't invite them in. Yeah, yeah. And if they say, um, can we come back again? I said, well, you know, probably not. Um, but I, 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 I will have a stand have a little five, ten minute chat with them on the doorstep about what they're thinking and why I disagree with it and stuff like that. I find it quite, quite a challenging, stimulating conversation. Absolutely. You just bore them to death, do you, Peter? I just bore them to death mm. with uh, with my views on hum- humanity and uh, uh, try to follow the way of Buddha. Now, uh, you, have you got a, a, a theory about this aeroplane? I have. Go yes. on. Um, because there was uh, noticed and monitored erratic uh, flying, uh, low, high, here, there and everywhere, and then the monitoring equipment was uh, turned off, uh, I think there was a struggle to gain control of the aircraft within the cockpit area. And what has happened, control has been lost, and the um, flight control, automatic navigation, has switched on. It's just flown until it's run out of fuel oh. and then crashed. But that, so, so that you, th- what, you think during the struggle, that's when the plane kind of went down and went up and turned right? I think so, yes. Um, that could be one theory. Um, somebody's actually gone crazy somewhere in the cockpit and uh, wow. been tried to restrained by somebody. And um, uh, one must look on the uh, grim side, of course. And ho- hopefully not. It's landed somewhere and everybody is safe. But I fear that's probably not the case. Uh, Peter, let me put these to you. Uh, April has emailed in. Uh, working for an airline, we're all fascinated by this air- aircraft. We know that they cannot just go missing. Um, we came up with three scenarios. One, it crashed and burned. Two, it was stolen by aliens. Three, it was stolen by hijackers or crew. One thing is for sure, if number three, then there is nothing that can be done with the aircraft commercially. It won't be permitted to land. It can't be broken down and parts brought into the supply chain. So this only leaves criminal activity. A 9-11 scenario no longer seems so fantastical, does it? And James says... Absolutely 100% the Malaysian government is involved or knows more than they're saying when it comes to the missing aeroplane. Oh, this is getting into the realms of uh, uh, deep nasties, isn't it? It is, and I don't normally indulge this nonsense, but the thing is, we have nothing, and the papers are indulging this nonsense to, to the point where, actually, this nonsense might have something in it. You never know. It, it could very well be. Let, let's hope not. Let's let's hope that, uh, that they'll all be found on some desert island having a jolly old time. Wouldn't that be, Peter? Wouldn't that be absolutely wonderful? Um, another. There was another joke about it on Twitter. Someone tweeted, "Man, this flight is taking forever." I, oh no! Well, look, the thing is, it made me chuckle. 
And then it made me chuckle. It was my knee-jerk reaction. Was I it thought, chuckling with discomfort? Or? No, I chuckled. I thought, oh, that's funny. And then I, that was my instant reaction. And then I took a step back and thought, well, actually, that's inappropriate to be laughing at that. That was my knee-jerk reaction, yeah. to, which I had no control over. The second thought, which is the, always the important one, I think, was, oh, that's actually quite inappropriate. But it's weird, isn't it, how it's kind of... Because it's so odd, and I guess because we have no pictures of bodies or, or things like that, we don't know if there are casualties, that, that it has kind of become acceptable in various places to make light of it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Um Steve's in Heath and Reach. Morning, Steve. Morning, Ian. Steve, what do you got for me, boss? I'm worried about your hooter, mate. Hey, thank you, brother. Why? Well... I know, because my wife has had this, but if you keep using Vicks, it's very much an irritant, okay? You could have kicked off polypses in your nose. Oh. So you need to get to the doctors and have them look at it, because if you have, every time you're spraying that stuff up your nose... Oh, no. It's scarring, basically, and you'll have bloody great big polyps... But they'll have to oik out, and it's not very pleasant. You've 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 you've, you've brought me on a bit of a downer here, Steve. It sounded like well, a, like a fun addiction. It's turned into one of the bad addictions. Well, so you your missus had either. this, did she? Yes, she's had three operations. I can hear in the back. I've been telling him I've had three operations. Three. Oh blimey! What's her I nose mean, like now? Has she got? Has she got a big nose? No, it's spread across her face at the moment. <laughs> oh blimey! <laughs> yeah, yeah oi, watch your language, missus. <laughs> I think I was the only one that heard that. Well, let you and your potty mouth wife go. I, I, I doubt you will have heard that, unless you're listening on DAB. But if you are, apologies. It was only, it was only a category C. Cheeky. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number if you want to uh, to give me a call eight one three double three start your text three sir uh, or you can send me an email ian dot lee at bbc dot co dot uk I'm keen to get your theories about what may or may not have happened to this aeroplane it's, it's very strange I kind of missed it all weekend I was away and it was big news in America I didn't really watch the TV except when I was in the bar uh, or in reception and it was it was on the TV a lot. Lots of people talking about it. So it's it's worldwide news. And it's really captured people's imaginations. Today and today only, we will indulge your conspiracy theories. What do you think has happened to this aeroplane? 08459 455 555. It's coming up to a quarter to nine. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25, anti-clockwise, things still going slow between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. And on the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414 heading towards the centre of town, very slow from the A10. Then on the A10 itself, in Chesant, southbound, there are delays between Turnfold and the M25. And in Dunstable, the A5 southbound is slow going from Houghton Regis. Also at the Clop Hill roundabout, all approaches looking slow on the speed sensors at the moment. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Alice. Eight forty-six, nearly. It's Tuesday, the eighteenth of March. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio.
Working parents are to get more help with the cost of childcare under a government scheme being introduced across the UK in autumn 2015. Up to £2,000 will be made available every year for children under 12. Her mother has claimed that Bedford Hospital have kept her waiting for a month for a scan on her daughter, despite the baby having a suspected hole in her heart. And in Spoot, uh, Spoot Sport, Luton Town lost their first league game for six months with last night's 1-0 defeat by Woking. But the... <laughs> Simon, you... The Hatters are still a massive 14 points clear at the top of the conference and remain on course for promotion. Well, they remain on course as long as they don't keep losing games, Mr Oxley. That's the thing. Let's get the weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. We've got some brightness around at the moment, so that's just tracking its way eastwards. So um, brightest at the moment across parts of Buckinghamshire and Bedfordshire, actually a bit cloudy still over Hertfordshire, um, but it will brighten and up here. We'll probably see some more cloud through the middle part of the day. We may even see one or two light showers as well. It's a small risk, not a certainty. Uh, but generally, a cloudier day in store brightening up again into the late afternoon but also the westerly wind is going to pick up and it will feel a bit cooler than it has done recently too, with temperatures only peaking at around 12 or 13 degrees. But look, it's still good for this time of year. That's 55 in Fahrenheit. Overnight tonight, it'll be cloudy, dry and mild. Temperatures down to 7 or 8 degrees. Tomorrow is going to be a very mild day. We're back into that milder air again. Uh, we could get as high as 18 or 19 degrees. There will be lots of sunshine. It will be dry and we'll see um, still quite that blustery westerly wind, you see. Things taking a bit of um, a bit of a downhill plunge, I'm afraid. On Thursday, we're going to see some outbreaks of rain into the afternoon and this will bring in some cooler air in time for Friday and the weekend. That's the forecast. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. How about a bit of murder and death, particularly local murder and death from the 19th century? I mean, one of the crimes in the book, I think there's a potential there for miscarriage of justice. Here until three o'clock this afternoon. More great music to come in the next two and a half hours. Every once in a while, I like a little bit of epic on this programme. Nick Coffer. Today I'm just outside of Aylesbury at Stoke Mandeville. I'm at Hula, which is an animal rescue centre in the paediatrics ward of the L&D Hospital. I'm in Albans. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 on BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, let's get some of your texts on Chuggers. Uh, Dunstable is... Uh, uh, Andy in Luton says, uh, it's not Chuggers, it's big issue sellers that makes me want to stay away from the shopping quadrant. Can I say something that I don't... I've never said out loud? Right, OK. Yeah, I can say this. How risky? One to ten. Um... It's not, I don't think it is risky. Go I think I think it's, it, it exposes um, uh, a potential weakness in me, but a pre- it exposes a prejudice in me. Okay, go on. And are we all, I like to think I'm not prejudiced, but I am when it comes to this. Right. I don't buy the big issue very often at all. But I am. I have. Uh, how can I phrase this? I've never bought a big issue off of a man or woman who looks um, uh, vaguely um, Eastern, Middle Eastern. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Why? Uh, because I saw it, I, I read somewhere about scams that that, um, that, that sort of uh, what, I don't even know what kind of race I'm looking at. Romany kind of the people, Eastern kind of people. You know that I, I can't be any more specific than that. It's very vague, but um, 
people who don't seem to have a particular grasp of the English language. Right. I don't buy them from them because I read somewhere that there might be some kind of scam going on, that there is a Mr Big who collects all their money and it's all a bit of a con. Now, it's, it, 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 that story may have come from the same place that all homeless people go and spend their money on, on uh, crack cocaine, and, and which of course is not true. A percentage does, but it's not true. But I won't buy the big issue from those kinds of people. I have two favourite big issue sellers and one yeah. I don't yeah. um, because I think he's a bit rude. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. different. Yeah. Yours is more about... Um, it's racial. Yeah. It's racial. And I don't like to admit that I'm racially prejudiced, but in the words of the song, we're all a little bit racist. And I guess that's how mine comes out. You need to look up that theory again and find out exactly who you should be being careful of. I think you should go and buy one. From one. It's not even a very good magazine, that's the thing. It's not a particularly good, particularly good magazine. To get over your fear. I'm not afraid. It's a prejudice. To calm down and get over your fear. Hey, I saw. I told you about what I saw the other week in Luton. That young lady. Uh, what do they call, now? What do they call the um, uh, uh, clothing that certain Muslim women wear around their head? But it's it's not the, the full, hijab. Is it the hijab where you can see the face? Yes. It's where you. And she was. She, I thought this was genius. She had her mobile phone shoved in her hijab so she was using it as a hands-free so the phone was sticking out on the side and she was carrying her shopping and she was talking who says they're not practical <laughs> hijab hands-free i think this they should market this there could be hijab hands-free justin <laughs> it was brilliant sounds great it was yeah. brilliant now listen we've got you on this airplane this airplane this airplane mm. big story i didn't really follow it much when i was in the states but it was on the news a lot when i was in the bar they had the, the tv on and there were big big things about it um, the different theories in the sun, for example, they got three three theories here that it flew beneath the radar uh, and it could be being used as you know it could have been uh, hijacked, a black hole that it's crashed into a part of the world that's not being monitored, uh, or, or one of the pilots wanted to commit suicide. Now yeah. you said earlier on that you were bored of the conspiracy theories. Has it been kind of the talking point in the boozers over the weekend? Absolutely. I mean, really? some people genuinely they genuinely believe that aliens have abducted this plane. Now a stupid as that may sound, a plane just can't disappear. It's been missing, what, since the, the 8th of March? Uh, 239 people on board. Uh, the search now involves 26 different yeah. countries. Um, you wanted more conspiracy theories. Yeah. I've been up to uh, Luton Airport this morning. I've gathered a few for you in the last 30 minutes or so. Here's what people had to say. Personally, I think it's been taken and it'll get sold to, like, Russia or something. Right, OK, so the plane's been taken, it's been stolen, it's going to yeah. be sold. What about the people on the plane, though? Where, where, where do you think they are? Well, if it has been taken to like, Afghanistan or something, they're going to use it as, as ransom. So like, they'll go, right, we want this much money, I don't know. So you- I'll tell you what we'll do, Justin. Mm. We're gonna pa- I'm going to pause it and come in. OK. That's nonsense. Why, w- why would Russia buy a 777 they've probably got loads themselves so why would russia want to buy an airplane that they could never ever use <laughs> i don't know you want a bizarre no, conspiracy I do. I, I'm, I, I'm, th- th- we never know maybe one of these could be the truth mm. but but there is no way that airplane could be sold to a state it, 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 it couldn't happen it couldn't be used that could never be used you never know okay let's go let's carry on and see what happens next i think the people are still alive and yeah, at some point in the next few weeks the we ransom will, will then come to light yeah definite um, they'll go, alright, we want 50 million or we're going to kill all these people. What's now that, now that, I can dig, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> you can dig that one. I can dig you? that one. The, yeah. the, the passengers are alive and they're being held hostage. The thing that makes me think that isn't the case 
is that, where are we now? It's like 12 days or something, isn't mm. it? That, that we've not heard that ransom demand already. We've not heard Al-Qaeda or whoever say, we've got it. But why not, you know, if they have got those people yep. and everyone praying that those people are still yep. alive, that yep. if they can leave it a few weeks, surely the ransom will be higher, won't it? The ransom will be high, whatever yeah. it is. Mm. I, I suppose they could be... It, it, let, how do you hide 230 people? How do you shift? Once they're out of that aeroplane, how do you shift 230 people around? I d- you can't do it. Well, you would think that somebody surely would have a mobile phone either to text somebody or yep. to get a message, but, but then again, you don't know how these people operate. Yeah. I- if this plane has been hijacked, we're not talking about two or three people going on board and hijacking a plane. If it is going to be as big as that, it's going to be a, a huge operation that's been planned for years, probably. You mentioned a good thing about some, someone, would, someone would have hidden a mobile phone. Yeah. And someone would have would have sent would have received a text from you know their uncle Johnny that's on the plane and we've had none of that. You would think so. You would certainly think okay. so. Let's, let's carry on. Kaz, we're here at Luton Airport this morning. You're a, an aviation enthusiast. What do you think has happened to this plane? Where is this plane? Well, I think it might well have crashed. A, a large aeroplane like that to disappear, totally disappear. And there must be somebody that's seen that on radar. In my opinion, they must know where it is more or less. Maybe some countries are not revealing all they know. Right, so you think the plane has crashed what, at the bottom of the ocean? Possibly, yeah, possibly, because if um, something really major happened on board and um, it would have gone straight down and there's such a vast expanse of water out there that it could take a while to find. Now, sensible. Mm-hmm. The plane's yep. crashed. Apparently, according to the paper, I didn't know this, there are bits of the ocean that we can't see. Yep. There are some bits that are very, very deep. Yep. You would think so, and certainly you're watching these air crash investigation programmes. Um, a lot of the, the the planes which have crashed into the ocean, it takes a, a massive operation to try and get hold of that wreckage. But I go on to make the point here: surely we would have seen something in. He goes on. Okay, let's carry on. What about seats though, the seats not come up. No, the seats will stay on the aeroplane, and um, unfortunately, if the airplane doors wouldn't open, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't if it went straight down, um, then it would be straight. No, it'll take a while. Okay, so which country, just lastly, which country do you think knows about this plane crashing but they won't reveal that information? Well, there are some countries out there that, um, because of security reasons, can't give out information. Such as? uh, Well, I don't really want to name names because I'm not sure myself Mm. which countries that might be, but I just think that there may be some people that know something, but it's just a guess. I think it's probably been hijacked and it's been taken somewhere that's uh, been very well organised. Uh, and hence it's just disappeared off the radar. So you think those people on that plane, then, are still alive? Yes, I do. And I think perhaps there's yet a... Well, the next, perhaps, stage of the story to come out when they're ready to do that. Mm. You know, these these, uh, people who put these things together are very structured and I think it's the element of surprise that they actually spring on people because they're organised and the people that are on the board that aircraft don't know what's happening, that they are taken disadvantage of. I mean, how incredible would that be if every single person on that plane was still alive? Uh, well, it would be fantastic for them and I do really feel that if they are alive they must be so petrified at this particular yeah. moment in time. I do, and my heart's go out to all their families. It's just, you know, incredibly disappointing that something like this can happen. <sighs> 
It's it's one of the weirdest stories that has mm. been around for a long, long time, and I, I, I'm suspecting we're going to kind of get to the stage where we ain't never going to find out the answer. Well, I don't know. You know, th- those people there, Ian, those people were either plane spotters or they work in the airline industry, yeah. and I think a lot of people I spoke to this morning, other people, we didn't have time to, to put on that tape, but a lot of people strongly believe all of those passengers and crew, 239 of them on board, a lot of people still believe they're out there, they are alive. Justin, keep listening, because uh, Howard's in London. Morning, Howard. London. I'm in London town, mate. How you doing? All right, geez. You've got a theory yeah, on the plane. You've got, yeah, you've got a minute. Yeah, yeah. You've got a minute. Go on. Right. I personally think, my own opinion, and I seriously think, it didn't even take off. Go on. That's it. What, it didn't take off? No. What do you how think happened? Plane, how can a plane, the 777, they are huge. How can a plane of that magnitude not be found? You tell me. Well, I, d- I don't know if it gets lost in a blind part of the ocean. No, no. You'd find it. You'd find it. Are we, are you, are, I'm, well, I, Howard, listen, I've got to end the show, but it's an interesting... It's the first time I've heard that one. The plane never even took off. He's kind of suggesting a Capricorn 1 scenario, if you get the reference. I don't know. A week ago, I'd have laughed at Howard off and told him to jog on for being a numpty. I'd have taken the mick out of all those people in Justin's piece, but 11, 12, 13 days after this plane's disappeared, suddenly you have to look at every possibility, however fantastical. Right, let's get the travel news. Here's Alice. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the speed sensors in Hartford, the A414, very slow towards the centre of town from the A10. And also in Hitchin, the A602, still really struggling between the A1M and the centre of town. In Dunstable, the A5 is slow going in both directions. And on the speed sensors going between Buckingham and Wolverton, the A422 is struggling as you approach the Old Stratford roundabout. The M25 anti-clockwise, slow going between Junction 21 for the M1 and 16 for the M40. Public transport has no reported problems. I'm Alice Gloss at BBC Three Counties Radio. Alice, thank you very much indeed. Thank you very much, everyone, who took part in the show. I loved hearing your theories and your phone calls and your bits and pieces. Don't forget there's a podcast out, which you can get if you go to iTunes and download it. JVS is up next until 6 o'clock tomorrow. From me, ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Tuesday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, do you think working parents should get £2,000 a year for childcare? 